the man, man who will fight for your honor. I can't yeah. sing. Oh, belt it out. Come on. Let go. Let loose. Hero, he needs to come down. You're dreaming of <laughs> <laughs> we'll forever. Yeah. Knowing together that we did it all for the glory of love. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Motorcycles and Yes Friends. Tra la la. Here at the Recycle Garage in Sun Santa Cruz, California. It's happening, huh? Amen. Hey everyone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember this time. I'm gonna introduce everyone first. Hey everyone, this is Eliza. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> Sitting next to me, it's Knock. Uh, we did it all for the glory of love, baby. <laughs> That's right. On the board, it's Bagel. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> mm, there's a theme running here. On the classy girl couch tonight, it's Miss Emma. Darlings, and I'll be the hero that you're dreaming of. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us for the first time, it's Tamar. What up, doe? Yeah. Yes. Yes. What yes. What song is that from? What up, though? That's, that's from Detroit. That's how you say hello. What, what up, though? What up, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit in the house. What up, All though? right. And uh, joining us for the first time. <laughs> you got on your head, Jim. He's wearing a rug. I was born this way. <laughs> joining us for the first time is uh, Jim's redneck cousin. It's Jimbo. Showing up, Bogata. Come on over here. <laughs> <laughs> My mother was a saint, how dare you? Oh my oh, wow. god, that is ridiculous. <laughs> you look good. Tourette's. Yoanka. That's a Kentucky waterfall if I've ever seen one. It's glorious. Oh, what a tosser. <laughs> Sing us another song, Billy Ray. <laughs> oh my god. All right then. Oh my god. I like how mullets are unironically coming back. Right? Where? Right, dude, I and and apparently so are fanny packs. I got both. Okay. 80s are coming back, apparently. I got both. So, um, hey, we had some good weather today. We got lucky. Well, so, it was a little bit chilly, darling. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you know what? It was riding weather. Yes, in it fact, was. In fact, there's quite a bit of riding this week. Mm. I don't even know where to start. We got a lot of riding in. Not, did you get any riding in? I got a little bit of riding today. After I showed up to Grad, and said hi and uh, went up in the hills. A little what? cold, a little damp, but uh, it's you know it's it's one of those colds where like your suspension ain't working right and you're still kind of tight because it's super cold or it's colder. Like Emma's history hole. Yeah, <laughs> I mean nothing obviously <laughs> not like those hardcore people. Nothing cold middle, about my Emma's history hole. That's darling. true. I'm it's sorry. Warm and inviting. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got some riding. In fact, Jim and I, I think got the first ride of the year. On New Year's Day. Yeah, we got a, a kind of early start on it after oh, yeah. breakfast. Where'd you guys go? Well, where we were going and and where we ended up mm. are not the same. That sounds That's about right. right. <clears throat> sounds about right. So we were heading over to New Idria, the ghost town. Idria, yeah. darling. Idria, New Idria. 
It's uh, where where do you how do you describe where it is? It's southeast of here, right? Yeah, so it's southeast of Santa Cruz. It's in San Benito County, so I'd say it's in south central San Benito County. Mm. Um, yes, so it's in between the coastal mountains and Highway Five. The but you know Valley. that run ain't for sissies because it's off of Highway Twenty Five. Mm-hmm, correct, and it's fifty miles in. If I remember right. Oh, you're in there pretty deep. You got to make sure you have gas. That's for sure. exactly. Yeah. That, you need a. So I'm guessing this was an Africa twin adventure. Is that where the yeah. gene pool is shallow? You know what we we were <laughs> twinning. <laughs> yes. No disrespect. Yes. We were twin. I even noticed at breakfast we were both wearing blue long sleeve shirts. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. So uh, it was the first day we really wanted to, you know, take them for a ride. Well, Jim's had his out. I haven't had mine, so we took him out. Uh, for a great ride, um, went down to uh, Gloria Road, which is a, That's a fun one. dirt road that goes from one from uh, 101. Yeah, over we, we rode yes from here south to, on 101 to, to south of Salinas, and it's a like a fire road, dirt road. Mm-hmm. And so it was the first time really got off road and could try it out. Um, discovered that the traction control um, on parts of the road that were very bumpy, it was just like juddering, you know, and you, it was hard to get any acceleration because the traction the, control. Hold on a second. Well, we had it on a high traction control yeah. number two. <clears throat> Is this the uh, Africa Twin update? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, went over there and, and just getting comfortable with it and, and the riding position. But you've still got pretty streety tires on yours. I do. You? I have the stock tires on it. Whereas, Jim, you've got. Um, TKC 80s? Uh, whatever the big no they're Shinko the big block Shinko oh, oh, so okay, the yeah. 80 or 704 yeah, 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 whichever yeah. one the big block one so but yeah yeah um, nice ride there and then uh, going down 25 which is yeah. beautiful oh 25 is always a great ride down past Pinnacles um, you open it up a little bit give the beans Pinnacles we did on the yes way, actually we did on the way back that's a different <laughs> story I did discover the top speed on the bike you did oh. I did did it wobble or anything like that no, no buffeting Just none Catashat nice <clears throat> Um, and this is with saddlebags on, mm-hmm. and um, I discovered that if I tucked or if I sat straight upright, it didn't change a thing. Oh, really? Mm. Uh, uh, so like 113. Okay. So yeah, I would right. suggest that is probably an electronically limited top speed. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Um, and carrying my fat ass and uh, with a lot of drafting. You did that in fifth gear? Uh, yes. Yeah. Sixth gear, it couldn't get up to that. Fifth gear, it could. Interesting. Mm, that is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but you made a pretty bold statement not one and a half hours ago about a drag race between a DCT oh, and yeah, a manual. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, that, okay. That's all right. part of this whole thing is um, it was a good side by side comparison. Yeah, having the Africa Twin, especially the DCT. The reason I got that is I want to experience it, understand it, and share. My, my experiences with everyone because I think it's foreign to most right. people. And when the Alzheimer's kicks in and you forget what the clutch lever is for, <laughs> exactly, it will come in handy by another year or two. Yeah. But yeah, um, so exactly. we're we're heading out to Clear Creek, uh, which is a off-road BLM kind of area, and we did get off the pavement and onto some dirt roads. But there are roads that you know cars can Wait, take. You're, you're allowed to be on Clear Creek now. No, it's, no, oh, well, okay. you're not. No, because the, the whole thing was that there was asbestos up there, right? And that the issue. There's a there's a whole bunch of issues, but yeah. right now legally, you know, you can't let ride clear creek. We didn't. We didn't do the research. You know what else we didn't do? Pack a sandwich or water. <laughs> we were not. I forgot that last time I did. We this were ride. not prepared at all. Where was two strike two stroke two, man when you need him? But you know, it's interesting. We go back to the tire thing, right? So uh, I remember because I did this ride or a similar ride, just the other side yeah, of yeah. where we were going. I came down Pinochi Road. Um, 
is the nice thing about having street tires when you first get the bike is it really helps you understand all the electronic stuff, like mm. where the traction control kicks in and out. Mm, when yeah, you yeah. have the uh, you know the rear anti-lock brake, right. you can turn on and off. Playing with that, and I think you know, Liza's obviously capable enough that you know if you take your time and you're smart about it, I think it's a great way to learn the bike because now this is the first time. I took the bike out really for some a little bit more dirt riding, at least with mm-hmm. someone else where I could take a little bit more risks, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was a lot of fun to fun to play with it. But I think having the the street stock street tires first um, is a great way to learn like all about that election like yeah. stuff. But we ended up going from I did we started at six on this dirt road, and I found number one the least amount of traction control was awesome. It was great. You could rip around and stuff, but it kept you kind of from killing yourself. But you were on the dirt road. On the dirt road. You see, the reason I ask is this week at Seaside Superbikes. Yes, that's Seaside Superbikes. All your superbike needs. Um, We had um, a BMW GS come down, but the 800 GS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he had very aggressive... Um, I think there were TKC. No, there weren't. The Heidenaus put on. Oh, the Heidenaus. Okay. That's what Liza just ordered. And... Those are gnarly too. Yeah, they are gnarly. But God, on the street, it was nervous. Mm. Oh really? It, it was nervous yeah. on the street, and and it wasn't like bad nervous. It was just very different. Yeah. It didn't feel anywhere near as planted. Well, what I, what I'll say is, I think because we compare we compare a lot of things on the bikes, and speed was one of them. And I'll admit that uh, Liza and readily that she was faster than me in everything except the dirt. And I'll say, okay, the no, tires definitely made me, a difference. Not me, the bike. The, yeah, the bike. <laughs> right. Um, but I think part of her top speed definitely was a tire issue. I think um, I could have kept. Go- I got to a buck five, and I felt like if I really if I, I could have kept going, but I got it was fast enough where I'm like I'm good right here. Ooh, I don't really God, want to push buck, it. Buck five on aggressive knobbies. On those tires. Like, so, but that's it, scary but shit it, I right didn't there. get any wobbly or anything like that. It was just, I'm like, that was enough. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we got to the end of the road where there was a gate. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, like, oh. <laughs> now, was it like just a gate or a scary gate? It was a gate with a lock and bars on both sides that so you can't possibly go around so it. So kind mm-hmm. of a scary gate. Yeah, it's... It's a, a BLM a, gate. Yeah, BLM yeah. gate. Federal, a federal gate. We tried federal, the key, bro. but the key did not. <laughs> yeah. it was we tried our magic Which key. I think was the motorcycle gods actually looking out for us one yeah. day. Like, I know. no, this is close I thought your key reason. was a big old rock. Yeah. But uh, what was funny is uh, there was a sign that said, um, permits required, call this number for permits or something like that. Mm. We're like, uh, yeah, we didn't do any of that. And these two guys showed up. <laughs> One was on an Africa twin. We're like twinning, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, they oh, were like, God. "Wait, wait, we got a permit. <laughs> What's this gate doing here?" <laughs> they they told us just to do the combination. It's like there's no combination. It's a keyed lock. Oh, man, he's like, "God damn it! I just bought a permit." Oh, who didn't turn off their phone? Don't, no, don't point at me, Jim, when you're silencing Jim. your phone. Uh, um, anyways, key so, um, And so what we ended up doing, though, is there was, uh, like, um, it was gravel roads and in a, like, camping area, you know? Oh, did you say gravel? Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to push the G I button? I pushed the extra G button. Did you get an ex- extra G? We know what the extra G is now. Oh, what? Oh, I'll tell Okay, hold on. So, um, <laughs> but what we did was we practiced, we just practiced um, riding around in formation, or in, uh, like doing figure eights, tight turns. We just practiced riding. I got to go no, through was this with Jim or with your new Africa twin friend as well? No, just Jim and I. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we just rode around just 
practiced. And yeah, trying the different traction control settings and gunning it. When you have nice. the traction control high and you gun it, it just acts like it has no power. It just goes. But when you put traction control on one. It looks like you do. You know how to do a really cool long peel yeah. out, but you really yeah. don't. It's just nice. <laughs> it lets yeah. the wheel spin enough. Nice. To- no, back in the old days, knock. You know, um, in carbureted bikes or even with very early fuel injection, mm. you know, the traction control would be like bub 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 bub, yeah. and it'd misfire. Yeah. But those days are gone because it's so seamless now. It just <clears throat> it's it's literally like you have no power. You can't even tell it's on. You just think, God, this is a gutless Ex- bike. Exactly mm-hmm. that what it felt like. Like yeah. Um, so yeah, so we just we just practiced and we went through like a creek a couple times back and forth and nice. just kind of did yeah, some and you know what your arms start to hurt riding slow in mm. tight circles. Well, it's a big very get, hard. Uh, it's a big bike. Pump. I mean, it's a yeah. great bike. Mm-hmm. Well, it, we're but still it's a big it bike. Were yeah. You guys so arm pump at all? Is that, um, is that what you were talking about? Were your arms hurting or was it just like from just, maneuvering? Jump from, from maneuvering. Okay. Well, it was it was a long. I mean, it was a long day. We rode I don't know how many hours, but it was a long day on a lot yeah. of beat up roads and right. a lot of standing and so right. uh, the gravel button. So on the DCT, yeah. so uh, on all the Africa Twins, you have different uh, settings um, that have power, um, engine braking, and uh, traction control. So you have like an urban setting or different settings. And um, I have a gravel setting, but then I also have a gravel button. And I'm like, why do I have a gravel setting and a gravel button? I call it the extra gravel. Um, so <laughs> it's not Char- the gravy button. Charlie and Knock actually got out their phones and looked gravy this shit up. Button. And so it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's only on the it's only on the DCT. And apparently it controls the clutch. It, it feathers the clutch action a little bit more so, when you put in the G button. So it, it's it's a less grabby button? I guess. Yeah. It's a graboid button. It's an anti-jitter spring button. I, I Yeah, hmm. I guess. Um, so, yeah, we just had a lot of fun really testing them, trying them out. Um, but, yeah, one of the things we tested when we were on 25 is head-to-head uh, drag race. Hmm. And shocking difference in oh, the yeah? two. Shocking difference. Liza smoked me. Wow. <laughs> and Jim's on the manual, and I just, I just, I'm on drive, so I just go, mm. and it just goes, ging, ging, ging. Yeah, Were it you just, guys in the same uh, power delivery settings as well? Um, I think we were actually. I think we I think did so. compare power delivery. Um, and so Jim discovered that he was hitting the rev limiter, mm. which would mm. just slow the bike down. Yeah. Um, and the thing about the DCT is it knows the optimal moment to change gears. And here's something new that I learned about the DCT that I really like. It actually blips the throttle to get the um, the, the engine speed up as it changes gears. Hmm. So that there's Very. no abrupt change in light and speed. That's very clever, isn't Wait, it? Wait, is this when you're downshifting? It auto blips when you're downshifting? <clears throat> or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, the funny thing is, where do we decide to do our drag race? Is right in the middle of Highway 25. <laughs> so, like well, half the perfect. time we're getting ready to race, I'm looking in my mirror, like, I hope there's not other motorcyclists behind us doing 120 miles an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're the police, yeah. Yeah, but then what? But I, I thought I'm like, oh, this will be close enough, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, fuck. So just pin it, get on the throttle, and immediately hit the rev, rev limiter, right? And I just wasn't. And it's something you I, you could practice that out. So then, um, but we also were thinking about could have been traction control, could have been playing in as well. If the tire was slipping at all, mm-hmm. that could be not as a theory that uh, your tires can yeah, play a lot because I have a lot more tires. friction. Yeah, I mean, it was really. I, 
not cutting you down, but it was like mm. racing against an Indy 250. I mean, yeah. the mm. difference in oh, takeoff. And, and it's not by my skill. It's This is, I think, um, showing that the DCT, they got this right. It's optimal gear shift time. And it's instantaneous gear shift. I don't know how you can be any more precise than that. Even yep. just just the action of pulling. Uh-huh. I mean, right. we even talked about if I, I think if well, the action of pulling in a clutch way way slower, probably I don't know, a lot slower. But even if I think if you were speed shifting, you know, not using the the clutch, mm-hmm. there's still no way you could. After right. watching how fast she went, there's just no and way. you mentioning you had hit the rev limiter. I mean, that's. An easy thing for the DCT for, for yours to work out, Liza, because I'm presuming right. you were pinned. Yeah, I just so pinned it and held it's, on. It's just going to rev it up until the torque yeah. figure just goes flat and then punch it into the next gear. Yeah. So like, that's an easy thing for an automatic to read. It's like almost like an electric bike. You don't yeah. just pin it. That's all you got to do. And look yeah, up. Don't think that's about all it. you got to go. go. I, I'm willing to bet like, that transmission is programmed well enough. That bike is programmed well enough to where like eighty to ninety percent of the population will get optimal drive out of just whacking it open. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I think it's that good, you know. It made me think about like racing, like drag racing. Mm-hmm. Might we see DCT right now? If you have uh, in drag racing, is the competition more the you know man against man, well, or is it machine against in, machine? Depend, depend in what, top, or is it both? Mm-hmm. In top fuel, most top fuel dragsters right now only have two speed transmissions. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of the factors is when you're shifting right and that's why they have air shifters so on this a dct wait, yes. wait 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 motorcycle drag racing <clears throat> motorcycle top fuel motorcycle drag okay. racing they're two speed with right. an air shift between the two right um <clears throat> and that's it it's just the sheer power and torque of the motorcycle so on the dct the it's doing all the thinking so you're right if you have two dcts it's head-to-head machine to machine uh is out it's really uh i mean man to, the the rider has not any any skill level here it's just hold on it's machine to machine right so what are you talking about drag racing i'm just saying if drag racing had the dct it kind of changes oh, everything well i mean it's reaction but it does time, but i guess like. it's programming it too you're still programming right um anyway I had a great ride it was a long ride it was Very comfortable cool. yeah. yeah you know the other thing I, we were talking about going fast and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> so when we were uh bipping around the dirt roads and through this up and down through this campgrounds or whatever that was um, we switched bikes, so I got to get on yeah. the DCT and try oh, it out. Yeah, and a, and a couple interesting things. One is, um, it's well, first it's hard not to. Be, you're always reaching for the clutch to begin with because so much of the <laughs> yeah. big bike stuff when you're going slow is so much feathering the clutch. But then you pretty much you, you forget about that. But one thing is you don't realize how much uh, mental energy it takes to focus on shifting in a clutch when you're going slow and riding through dirt. Oh, when yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry yep. about that anymore. You yeah. focus on your riding so much easier. That I was surprised yeah. at how much easier it was when you don't have to worry about feathering a clutch, especially on the mm, big bike. Yeah. That's why the people like fit recluse clutches on uh, on yeah. trail bikes. And then the other thing was the other thing is you're going slow and you're not feathering the clutch. You're like, so how's this going to work? And like mm. like like you say, you can't stall it. So as slow as you go, the gearing matches like it works perfectly for what you're trying to Mm do right now what's odd about it is there were times where i was going like getting up to speed maybe not you know really fast but different you know kind of different speeds it would shift at totally different points than you would normally Mm. like a lot sooner like like i would have like i would have been you know ringing this thing out before i shifted it but it it works perfect for all the situations. So it, it was amazing how versatile it is as well like drag race it's fast going Mm -hmm. a mile an hour 
around rocks it virtually so you just got it takes a little bit of time to trust the system right but it works ultimately like. yeah not that much time i was on that yeah. thing for me what like 10 minutes or whatever yeah. and uh yeah by that time i was like this thing's actually really pretty cool yeah. so interesting update my friend jason came down to borrow my bike to t- <clears throat> he's interested in africa twin so he wrote he had, took it for a day to ride it around and he came back and goes i love it i'm convinced i need a dct and then uh, he took Jim's bike for a little ride, and he and he came back and he said, "Now I know I don't want the adventure model." I, he said he liked your standard model with the DCT because yeah. there's four there's four versions: standard with manual, standard with DCT, adventure with manual, adventure with DCT. And so it's kind of interesting; you have a, a different flavor for everyone. But your, his bike has um, a little bit smaller tank, mm-hmm. so it's a little more nimble. Um, and yeah, he liked that with the DCT. So hopefully he'll be getting one too. Because you know, when you fill up the tank on yours, Liza, that is a lot of mass. The I'll tell you, the up high, you feel yeah. it. The two yeah. downsides to the to the Africa Twin for me so far. Um, well, one, why it's if it's fly by wire and they didn't put cruise control. I don't know. That's there's probably no the cruise control in that thing. None. Are you serious? Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. But what? Here's the thing: moving that thing around, pulling it out of the garage, is really difficult. Mm. It is such a tall, heavy beast. Yeah, that's like 500 some plus pounds, isn't it? Once you are in motion, all that goes away, and it just feels like a great solid bike. It's like we were pulling out of that restaurant. We're both back in the bikes out, like tippy toe, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're gonna fall over. I know. There, I mean. Jim and I are both tall people, but there were times where you come to stop and you're like, whoa, you're catching it. It's like, oh, you have those oops. The technique I've always used when I've maneuvered big bikes around the shop, because I'm I'm nowhere near as tall as Liza, um, is I won't even sit astride the bike when I'm pushing it backwards. I'll stand next to it and kind of bring it to me and kind of balance the side of the seat against my thigh, against my hip. And then just pull it back. And then I've got complete control because I've got the levers. Mm -hmm. And it's easier than kind of tippy-toeing and trying to push it back. Yeah, so that's what I have to do to pull it out of the garage. But I also have to clear... Well, there's no shame in that, I have to clear the side of the door and and it... It's sketchy, and then I have to like not trip on the the lift that's sticking out, and like it, or if you slip in the mud at all, it's You're like, done. It's oh, done. Yeah. So you have to be very careful and methodical and balance. It's that's where um, it's the hardest of all my bikes is just moving it out of the garage. Yeah, that's, it that's another difference in the adventure. It is taller, like yeah. by a, a decent amount, and then uh, on the standard, actually, it's only like three quarters of an inch taller. That's but the we'll, seat, though, right? Then at the actual ride height of the no, bike, the ride height is, is actually taller. But the Africa taller. Twin also yeah. has a high and a low setting. Yeah. So you can actually put the right. standard on the, on the low seat setting as well. Yeah. So anyway, so as we continue to explore the Africa Twins, we're going to give updates on. Um, what we're what we're learning about it because uh, again that's why i wanted it um because i wanted to experience this kind of new technology it's really quite fascinating so um i wanted to get to our friend tamar who's here (laughs) hey Hey. Hey. (laughs) what's up so tamar's uh come out here to to 
come and play here in Santa Cruz. Um, I met Tamar on the uh, Women Writers World Relay. Tamar, tournament. are you on vacation right now? Kind of. Yes, this is my vacation. Right on. Go All back. Right. There you go. And uh, yeah, she was a joy to have on the ride. She rides a what kind of Harley is it? A 2019 Sport Glide. There you go. Nice. And she rides the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's something about. Tamar there was different than most of the other women there that was really refreshing. She wanted to learn everything she could about technique, about motorcycles, about everything. She's like, I want to know more. I want to know more. T- mm. Tell me everything. And to have that type of person who you want, you'll give instruction or tips to and she listens and then we'll do it was so amazing. So, uh, yeah, so we rode for uh, you were like there for like 16 no 12 15 I 15 think days started in columbus yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right wow. you were on the whole thing mm, yeah the, most of it yeah game. it was 18 day trip she was there for 15 Sweet. um what was the highlight for you i mean besides <laughs> karaoke at the hotel lobby <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of highlights uh one of the highlights was giggling and laughing riding in the blizzard because <laughs> like, I wasn't cold. What the fuck are we doing? I wasn't cold. I just thought it was funny, just giggling and laughing. Like, oh, we're really doing this. It's snowing. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, there was no stopping. It's a good we attitude just had to have. To keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! When we stopped in Custer to warm up, and then it's like a few people were like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm done stopping," but like we had to keep oh. going. <laughs> we had to keep going. So yeah, that was that was a great experience, and you really proved yourself out there that was not an easy ride at all um but you wanted to learn more and you also wanted to get into dirt biking yes so you've been like watching videos and stuff haven't you yep youtubing videos reading of, of technique mm-hmm, yeah. yes so tamar got to go dirt biking yesterday for the first time with jim and i and we pulled out the TTR 125. Oh, that's a great one to learn. Mm-hmm. And boy, did she go dirt biking. Yeah. <laughs> boy, boy, she... <laughs> no doubt about that when the day was over. Yeah. <laughs> so how did all that, those YouTube videos and technique, how did that work for you? Mm, it helped out a little, but it was better with uh, verbal instruction and also having someone right there reviewing it with you and then mm. applying it. So it's kind of like reading visualizing and then having someone in place and then you know from watching videos you haven't did it yet so you don't have anyone to recorrect you so right. with you guys watching me being able to correct me on well basically assess and correct that's a, like an yeah. interesting feeling right you have like an aha moment of between like what you saw or read or somebody <coughs> told you about then to actually physically do mm-hmm. it and try to make that connection you know and we had we oh and we had Mike there too. So oh, really? nice. so what she had was she had um, Mike out front showing what not to do, and then Jim right in front of her <laughs> so she could follow him and follow his form. And then I was behind to pick up the pieces. That's basically. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good setup. It, it worked. I think that's how. Way, way, way to go, team! It worked especially that time that that she went flying past me on that downhill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Hey, God. I didn't run into you, and I didn't go off the cliff. Perfect. So. No, perfect. perfect. Exactly. And that is a concern at Hollister is going off a cliff, which it, when I was telling you that before, like it sounds like I'm just like pulling your your leg and trying to scare you. Was I was I scaring you? I mean. Was I right? 
well, I mean, like for a half a second, I looked at a view and was like, ooh, that's pretty. Ooh, that's a cliff. No, focus on the trail. Focus, focus. I did ask her, I'm like, hey, isn't it beautiful beautiful out here? Because it really is pretty. And that's exactly what she said. I didn't get a chance to look. I was focusing. (laughs) So um, we started out... uh, with just basic technique and then put you on the kids uh, <laughs> kids track with all the other kids they didn't know nope. Nope. nobody <laughs> has to fucking know baby nope. they didn't know i wasn't they were bigger than me they did not know everybody's <laughs> having fun everybody's having fun and they were too <laughs> i know uh it is, i still love watching those little kids out there just ripping around they're having fun oh, they well charge. they're fearless they oh, you know, they, yeah they do they it's haven't be- learned that and, falling off hurts yet and no, i think no. there was more than usual because because all the Chinese bikes they got for Christmas haven't broken yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give it another month. And yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Smashed. She was was just as fearless as any little kid out there, and having just as much fun. I mean, you you actually you really took to it like like a fish to water. It crashed what three times? Three crashes. That's actually pretty good considering. Let's, let's review, shall we? <laughs> but but we you took to it really quick. I mean. So what was your first crash? Ooh, going up a hill. <laughs> hey, I crashed going up a hill, too. And I asked him, I was like, is this supposed to be easy? Because this wasn't well, so we were, it was supposed to be easy. So, first of all, perfect dirt. Yeah, it was good. Uh, nice and sticky, huh? Sticky mm-hmm. dirt, hardly any mud. Mm. Um, just perfect dirt. Um, so, we were taking her around, just doing the different areas and doing nice and easy stuff. Actually, I was taking a beating. I was having the hardest time. She was hmm. she was faster what than me. What did you take with you? We took the CRF two fifties. Oh, the two. Okay, that's right. That's right. And um, I just found uh, because of my bad knee, I was riding standing up because there's the the what do you call the dips? There's mm-hmm. more like dips. Whoops, like they were the real whoops. deep. There's whoops. more and deeper and whoops. Hmm. And if you got going to if you. If you go fast enough and you're a skilled rider, you can just across the top of them. Yes, get them. If you're going slow because you're a cautious rider, you're like down. And then if you pick up a little speed, you launch over and you're going head first into the next one. And it's like, and I just wrenched my knee a couple times and I almost tapped out. I, I told Jim like I'm that hurt. I like mess some stuff up. I was worried because I was pretty early in. That's not that wasn't fun, but then I figured out I just had to ride slower and get the pace down and be more methodical and go around and between and over and you know, mm-hmm. choose your path mm-hmm. better instead of the usual just aim and go because mm-hmm. that wasn't working for me. They were too deep, um, which is hard because the basic <laughs> strategy is yeah and go. I mean that's right. <laughs> so yeah, you can't right. do that. So, um, yeah, she was doing great, and we're doing all these roads, and now it's like, okay, now it's time to go up the mountain. Well, it's almost like you were picking it up a little too quick for your Mm -hmm. own good, because we're like, oh, (laughs) she can go up a little bit higher, right? (laughs) And when you go... How did you dump it, though? Like, uh, was it just you... So, well, you go up the mountain. First of all, you have a bunch of tight switchbacks crawling up, and then you come to this straightaway that's been carved out of the mountain well, straight away uphill it's a hill it's straight away uphill and it's been carved out so you actually have walls dirt walls on both sides of you it's like a chute right <laughs> and the whole thing is whoops going up. <clears throat> and, and they were and they were deep ass i mean that those are the yeah. deepest i've seen them there yeah and uh mike went up jim went up <laughs> i got partially up <laughs> yeah so tell us what you did wrong 
Uh, well, I was looking ahead, but not looking up over the horizon. So that's mm. one that I figured out afterwards and recorrected and readjusted for the next hill. Uh, soft sand, and then my body positioning and weight was not proper. Okay. So when it came to uh, like adjusting in the front end going out a little bit instead of shifting my weight more forward i think i went back mm. and then hit the throttle and i don't know liza saw it i, I went up the wall or something <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> see that's Gosh. a good crash when you don't remember it so no. fast that's a good crash i will accept this crash <laughs> yeah it was basically her weight was too far back and she throttled and mm. the wheel kind of came uh, up and bounced over to the right and shot uh, her right into the edge of the wall and it mm-hmm. just went up the wall mm. and nice. then bounced her yeah. back down nice yeah. wall ride <laughs> you, wall ride. you <laughs> popped right up <laughs> which you didn't mean you did <laughs> no a wall problem. ride your first day out that's dope i know <laughs> you started running up the hill well, at one point i think i was all <laughs> relax <laughs> and she did that thing that i always say don't do take your time because she suddenly started like trying to drag that bike she has no idea how to navigate a bike on a hill what do you do like she's trying to drag it around first of all it's a kickstart only bike you're not going to do it in the middle of a hill on loose whoops on loose whoops (laughs) but she's just kind of dragging it (laughs) what's your plan what's happening what are you doing so uh i just waited at the bottom and held other riders back and then jim finally saw (laughs) there was that no one had come up after him so he came down and retrieved it uh, took it back down the hill, rode it up, and then she walked up. Um, but that bike did it with him on it. I was surprised. Cool. Hauled you up. That, cool. Those 125s are balls, yeah, man. man. So that was a good first lesson. Did that shake you at all? Were you a little more uh, timid? No. No. <laughs> yeah, I concur. Good answer. I concur. <laughs> no. Perfect. Just like, just trying to uh, more so reassess what did I do wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little upset at myself. Like, definitely no embarrassment. I really don't care. Right. Um, but yeah. more so like, okay, where did I go wrong? And, this? and I will admit, and that was not an easy trail. That was an intermediate. I and mean, when you go up the hill, it becomes intermediate. Yeah, well, you definitely. Are. But I'm legit. sure she she was a bit like, wait, what? Well, what <laughs> yeah, really. What, what, were, you, what were you thinking you at the bottom? <laughs> at the bottom, when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is cute. Is this supposed to be the easy stuff? Yeah. And then when I walked up the hill, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. If I thought we were supposed to do easy stuff, <laughs> you know, like, this is easy. Hold I didn't up. sign up for this. <laughs> this is the first time. Yeah. You know? So, um, but yeah, you kept going, and that's what you do. And you weren't hurt because you were wearing all the right gear. Right. Oh, cool. So, what was the second crash? Oh, that was the one I think I saw. We were. Uh, it was another intermediate trail. It was a switchback, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you went. Oh, over, oh yeah. You went over a hump, and the, everything launched. just went squirrely as fuck. It was like <laughs> legs, rear wheel. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is one of the like one of the <laughs> roads that's carved out of the side of the mountain. And so yeah. you're coming up a hill, and you can't see that it then is a switch back. It turns oh, immediately. So you basically those. have like a jump. You're launching over, yeah. and then you got to turn. And she comes up, and I think she just launched. It was the same kind of thing that got Haley. It was the yeah. same kind of thing. I don't know. I think it was airborne for a second. And I don't, I really don't. I just remember I <laughs> was like, boom. And uh, no, you did all the again. things. Yeah. Flying W, you hit them all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> you, and you popped right back up. Popped right back up, exactly. No, we had to slow you down, if anything, because every time you're like, all right, and I'm like, we'll just take a second. Yeah, you're no And problem. that was a close call, and I had this on video. She was reviewing the video. There was a downhill portion where she was a little too close to Jim, and Jim was – you know, controlling his speed down there, and I see her speeding up. And you know, when you start to gain speed going downhill, now you're going to lose traction if you try and brake too hard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm yelling, go faster to Jim. He can't hear me, but I'm just go faster, go faster. Because she was about to run up his ass. I was like, ah, I was like, I can't slow down, I can't slow down. No, so, oh man, just kept going, went you, past Jim. I see you coming. I'm like, here she comes, and you're looking at me like, ah. <laughs> I did side look at him like and scream. Like, it's all good. Like we're dirt biking now. Like, go go go! And then then you got to lead for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not on purpose. <laughs> but it was fun. How was how, how, how was it leading the group? It was interesting. I got fussed at afterwards a little bit to not look back because she I kept just, turning around. She's like, "Somebody's going to come in front of me." Looking right? behind her, I'm like, yeah. "Never look behind yeah. you." Mike will tell you all about that. <laughs> Never look behind Did you. Did you guys ever take you to the TT track? It was closed. Was it really? Yeah, That's a bunch of them were closed. Ah, oh, fuck. So I, I think the other crash wasn't even really a crash. I think you just fell over. And at that point, it was a good old fashioned. Yeah. I think I just was like, I just went. Eh, she fell over. I yeah. just ignored her. Hey, Tamar, <laughs> did you ever get a chance to just ride on a controlled kind of like a uh, circuit though, like a short one? Kind of yeah, like well, the, the little track. the kids motocross the, track, the kids oh, motocross yeah. track. Yeah, that's cool. That was my last. You crash. were catching air on that though. Oh, that was a wicked crash too. That was the old like. Yeah, just trying to go faster and put together techniques and yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the kind of well. confidence she had. There are times when you come to a mud puddle in the middle of the trail, <clears throat> and I always <laughs> look for which side, left or right, has the most the highest ground. Yeah, she just started bombing through the middle. <laughs> oh yeah, <I> <laughs> were you like were you like Detroit bitch? Ah! <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> we did do some good practice in that little play area through some mud a little mm-hmm. bit and we did some, some of that <laughs> so it was, it was a good day of riding and i just want to know like did you get out of your system or is this gonna did we make a new dirt rider out of you Mm, yeah, I'm probably going to purchase a dirt bike. Yeah. Yeah. Not probably. Yeah. I, I know I am. Hell yeah. Right. So, okay, so you, uh, what did you learn, though, as far as, like, technique in terms of just, like, building your confidence level? I mean, knowing that you could control when <laughs> things are kind of started going out of your way and that you, you have a bit more room for margin or whatever? or Completely different technique from mm-hmm. riding on a cruiser. Sure. Um, also, like... Uh, I looked at a little bit of video and they, you know, you could feel the bike. It was hard to explain. You mm-hmm. felt the bike and the tire going from um, under you, especially like in the mud area, mm-hmm. but it wasn't an unstable and uneasy feeling. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like it felt natural. Yeah. Um, and my thing is, was as I progressed, you know, they showed me the right form is getting the right form together mm-hmm. and knowing that I felt more comfortable standing the whole time on the bike because I um, felt like I had more control. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're one with the bike. It gets uneasy with like the ruts and stuff that you go through, but not thinking about it and not focusing on the ruts, actually just kind of looking ahead and riding a bike, almost like mountain biking, kind of like a bicycle. Yeah, that's awesome. That's rad. Well, yeah, getting used to the back tire brake loose and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. It was yeah, a good good day of writing. Interesting. <clears throat> but I'm curious. Were you sore after that? Uh yeah. Wherever I fell, I think on that first crash, probably trying to yank the bike up a hill too. That was out of frustration. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I just snatched it up. Honestly, if I could have, I would have hulked it and just Did broke it up a, the hill. A bruise on your leg? <laughs> yes, I do have a bruise on my inner thigh. Well done. <laughs> oh, you know one thing I thought was really uh, thoughtful of her. So yes, was that you knew when it was time to quit. Yeah, I told. Yeah, when it she was, was started. Done. Yeah, it she was, was like done. my focus was off. I was like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, like, by the time like I figured out what writing style worked for me, mm. I was like, I could have kept going. I was. <laughs> yeah, it felt in the groove. It was. It was good, but um, yeah. And I took a moment um, when we we're done. We went down to the the loading ramp, which is a gravel loading ramp where you can load bikes into trucks, mm. and taught her how to get a bike. B- turned around and back down a hill on an incline. Oh, with us turning the steering. Well, turning the steering, but also using the clutch as the brake. Ah, yeah. So when the bike is turned off and it's in gear, when the clutch is out, it's acting as a brake. You mm-hmm. pull the clutch in and it lets the bike roll. So you can control the speed of the bike by letting the clutch out, kind of a reverse brake. Right, right, right. And that came in handy with the flyby gym moment because I kept going. <laughs> I'm just going to call that flyby and just kept going because then I crossed over an area going the wrong direction <coughs> from the group and I, it was a hill and I had to use the techniques to yeah, turn it so, around. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't hit me because someone has done that to me before rear into me on a dirt trail. Oh no, and, I wasn't uh, going down. Not, yeah, no, you would have definitely <laughs> eaten shit. I do okay, but yeah. <laughs> Nice. Right on. So you had your day in the dirt, but you also had your day at the garage with the misfits. Yes. <laughs> Very enjoyable. How, to, how was that? Checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to meet the whole crew. Mike was here, Charlie, Jeremy, a bunch of people came by. Yeah. We had a good day today. Michael McCarthy was here. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Mike followed me down. I I had a customer's bike in the back of the El Camino, but Mike followed me down on mm-hmm. his on his Ape. <coughs> yeah, and, uh, oh, Mike, Mike's always good company. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a cute bike. You that was a TS one fifty. TS one hundred. One hundred. That was yeah. a cute little bike. Yeah, a little cutie. Um, just worn top end. Yeah. What did we What did we do today? I mean, you're doing oh, top end shit. and yeah, yeah. Chuck. Charlie. I don't know. What did we do? Charlie dropped oh, the Charlie. fucking Charlie wrist turned Charlie. his bike upside down. <laughs> yes. Turned it upside down. I would, did I see a picture of you, Miss Emma, violating that motorcycle? Yeah. No. Well, I might have been. That was almost that, reverse cowgirl. That was cowgirl. my idea. Actually, okay. that was fortuitous that that happened. <clears throat> so Charlie's got the top end of his bike off. Uh, this is a uh, YZF250. YZ250. YZ250. Yep. Yeah, YZF250. Yeah, um, and he dropped the wrist pin circlip down into the case. Oh. Oh. While he was then looking for it, he found one of the the dowels, the, the dowels that the cylinder which down in there that he didn't know was there. So that would be a bigger problem because yeah. at least the circlip, we think it probably dropped down into the pan. I've uh, yeah. <laughs> I've dropped a dowel in my XR. And I and I went fuck it. There's a magnetic drain plug down there. There's a screen. Uh, let's see if it doesn't blow up. <laughs> and I bought a new dowel and I put the uh, uh, the top end back on yeah. there. And then like two months later, I did an oil change. The dowel was like right on the magnetic drain yeah. plug. Nice. Got super lucky about it. But like I think 
it'll be all right for Charlie. I don't know. So I have a theory, Emma. I was, I was thinking that maybe he should um, pour a bunch of uh, gas or kerosene into there and see if it'll flush it down the drain plug. He's going to strip it. Yeah, I mean, he's getting flakes too, right? Yeah, he's going to strip it? No, he's stripping the engine. Yeah. Oh, I see. No. But do you think that would work? Yeah, to get it probably would work. Out? Because, I mean... Or, or the, you, the pin? You know, the, the, the clip is just so... Um, there's no mass to it. Right. Yeah. So if mm. the inside of the engine sticky, it'll just stick to wherever it is yeah. until the oil warms up and then it'll cause havoc. So, and it was my suggestion. Right. <laughs> just turn the bike over and shake it. And so we did. <laughs> <laughs> did it come out? No. <laughs> but it made for a good picture. It made for a great exactly. picture of me riding an upside down bike. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the Australian model. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, no, um, I think we just there was a lot of just hanging out and talking. Yeah, and a lot of people it was, you know, sh- it's, coming it, by. It's winter time, so you know the garage has the garage is always the same, but in the winter time it's definitely quieter. Yeah, there's fewer people milling about. But although, see, although we did we did have a guest from uh, a visitor from Canada. Who did oh a tire yeah, chain, right? Billy. Yeah. Crazy, Crazy Billy. Crazy Billy rode down from Canada on slicks. Mm. Wait, that guy he, was from Canada? Yeah, he, yes. he buys yeah. race takeoffs. <laughs> and it's yes. January. I mean, you got to go over like the Siskiyou Mountains and all well, that. Well, no, yeah. he did this a couple months ago. Yeah. He was oh, here. Oh, okay, so gotcha. he bought some proper tires for his. It was a Jixer 600. What is mm-hmm. that? Was it 600? Yeah, Jixer so. yeah, 600. <laughs> um, he bought some proper tires because he got a job and is going to be commuting now. So, mm, nice. But yeah, he rode that on slicks from Canada. Hmm. Um, Fuck, dude. Oh that's fucking cool. I know. Oh, you know what's kind of fun this morning? Uh, a friend of a friend of mine's son came by. He's like 18, good yeah. kid, uh, has a Harley now, and he actually is a Porsche mechanic. Oh, right on. These kids well. were like, high school was... Oh, I met, I met him, and he actually Diego. brought... Diego. Yeah. Diego, yeah. He got some boots, and he brought a jacket back. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. No, he got yeah. um, boots. Uh, uh, he got uh, all the dirt bike gear. He got right. the, the mm. chest protector. Diddy, awesome. Yeah. Uh, right. he, I don't know if he grabbed a helmet. And then, it, then he also he took the bag. Oh, he had uh, he had some uh, knee guards, and he just he had everything in the bag, and he's walking away with the bag. Is that my dirt biking bag? I'm like, oh, fucking take it. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. He's um interesting kid, but uh, what a nice kid. And where, where I where I say that is like like he, he brought something back. Yeah. You know, most yeah. people don't do that, which is really. And he's only 18. The other thing that's funny, we had the little dogs running around. Yeah. Because yeah. they came. What are their names? I forget. Oh, um, little, Jack. little and, and Jack. Jack. Yeah. So the little chihuahuas are running around there. Her mom just dropped them off because it's our play date, right? <laughs> right. And I noticed after a little while, he's like, I think he asked you, he goes, Hey, uh, where's the other the other dog? Is that okay? Should we go like look for it? I'm like, what a thoughtful thing to say. I'm like, I don't even think about where the dogs are at. <laughs> and here's this kid who just showed up, you know, new first time. But the garage blew him away. Mm-hmm. He didn't really know what to expect. He's like, I didn't even know this was back here. Yeah, most people don't. And, uh, and by the time he, I kind of gave him the quick tour, Jason had showed up with the Africa Twin. Yeah. The other dude showed up on that Interceptor. Um, Callum. Callum, yeah. Callum. Thank you. Oh. Callum. And then you got to meet. So I think he like he didn't really know what to expect, but I think when I wasn't here when he left, but because, yeah, I stayed here for an hour, and he was still here when I left. So, yeah. So fun. did you enjoy just seeing all the, just the conversations and everything going on? Yeah, it was, it was like people watching on a small venue did you understand yeah. what everyone was talking about no 
Perfect. <laughs> Just like the beginning I, of this. I don't know what y'all are saying. I've been coming here for almost 10 years and I have no fucking clue what's going on at the time. No, no clue right now, even here. Exactly. Yeah, going to motorcycle talk and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you got to go for a ride today. Yes. Rode on the back of Mike's bike. This, yes. <laughs> this one is the most crazy ride. So Mike has his, what is that? The Cowie? Yeah, yes. the Z one thousand. Z one thousand, and then he has the paint matching, um, plated pit bike. Yeah, with like a one was it one twenty five in there? I think it's a ninety. It's a ninety, right? I can't plated got pit that bike. Fucking thing plated, man. Um, so it's plated. So he yeah. put Jeremy on that pit bike and Tamar on the back of his bike, and they went and did a West Cliff ride. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, mini me. That's so. <laughs> And, 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 and what was it? He said, yo, when I take off and you need to hold on tight, okay? Right. He's like, I'm going to go high for speed. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was like, when? So, so I started holding on to him. He's like, not now. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And Jeremy was like, man, that thing is fast. The little 90. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure he was going to get killed because no one yeah. could see over their hoods. They can't see you on that. It's so small. Jeremy's great for that kind of stuff. Though, yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you got you got the you got the whole experience. And, and you brought nice weather. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. But <clears throat> you have some uh, professional experience. Now, I'm going to jump in here before Tamar says anything. Um, and there's a couple of things I want to say before we get stick in. The first is. We're going to be talking about stuff right now that is going to be gruesome. So if there are kids, if you've got a squeamish stomach, just, you know, switch off and, you know, catch another episode. Yeah, content warning. It's it's definitely content warning. Um, And the second is we're going to talk a little bit about um, Tamar is uh, an ER doctor. Yes. With a ton of experience in crash victims. And we're going to talk about different scenarios about crashing with gear on versus without gear on. And in the past, people have said, well, you're kind of coming across in a preachy kind of way about this. And I promise you, we're not this time. The object of this is knowledge is power. And so what we want to do is exhibit evidence of... If you crash wearing gear, this is what you can expect. If you crash without it, this is what you can expect. Make your own decision based on the information we're going to give you. Is that fair? It's scientific. It's scientific evidence. Mm -hmm. And Tamar's the real deal. She is an ER doctor. But the reality is I want everyone to make an informed decision. Right. It's your decision what you're going to wear when you ride. I want everyone to have an informed decision. That's all. But we are going to be talking blood and guts. Yeah. (laughs) Tim, are you excited about this? Hey, that's what I do. (laughs) So you're an ER doc. Um, You work in different different states different cities yes so you see a little bit of everything yes how long have you been riding we actually didn't cover this uh i think now since uh took a course in 2015 didn't really touch the bike and then started riding really in 2016 so first off i'm curious seeing victims crash victims come in did that 
play into your decision to become a writer at all? Mm, no, that wasn't a decision. I saw other women on the road, kind of wanted to ride, um, but also seeing traumas because in the medical world, especially ER trauma, motorcyclists are referred to, a motorcycle is referred to a donor cycle. Yep. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm on the road and I can see why at times is referred to as a donor cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so before even touching a motorcycle, I did eight re years of research where I just looked at crash crashes and looked at st statistics and then finally taking a course, review crash videos again and could assess like uh, a lot of it is rider error. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that person panic and hit the front brake, you know, the simple, you know, things that with proper education techniques that wouldn't happen. So That's a good point, because I, I didn't even think about that. Like you're actually, do you get d details of what happened and how it happened? Are you able to kind of figure out? I, I can figure out just from looking at the videos. So what are the most common injuries that are coming in from motorcycles? Uh, common, simple in injuries. Uh, let's see. Uh, the bad stuff doesn't even make it to me. Put it like that. Interesting. Mm. The bad stuff is basically getting a phone call from EMS needing my name in a time of death. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. So so the ones that are coming to you, what are you getting? Uh, a variety. It could be simple road rash, and someone's coming in for assessment. Mm -hmm. um, going into a windshield. Mm. So uh, what sort of injuries is somebody, so if somebody wrecks, so we're talking about a motorcycle hitting a car, so there's going to be trauma from the impact anyway. So, but going into a windshield, now this is something quite different. So now we've got glass injury as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a variety. Like I can give an example that would not be a Please. Hip, HIPAA violation of anything medical because I have actually responded to accident scenes while I'm in my car. So, okay. Um, say for instance, I was riding up the road. Actually, it's my second year of riding to go get my uh, tags for the year. Uh, only thing I see is an SUV is the Explorer with the side indented in the back and the window shattered out, and a sport bike smashed still on in the middle of the road, leaking fluids. Mm -hmm. Get out of my car turn the bike off and I start screaming because looking around it had to just happen the cars are stopped this is on a major street in Detroit seven mile road mm -hmm. cars are stopped and just looking at the faces in the cars I'm like everybody had a shock look it was a car like young guys probably like teenagers like were visibly crying mm -hmm. so I asked where is the rider of this bike and where's the driver the driver was young he thought I was fussing at him started crying I was like okay this is not right where's the rider these people had let this guy had wandered off and started walking. He had no gear on. He was actually test riding it for a mechanic. Oh. And it wasn't his fault with the accident. And this was a hmm. probably doing less than 30 mile per hour accident that hmm. he went into the side of the Explorer because the car shot out across the street. Hmm. Um, was able to find him. He walked into an oil, oil change place. Uh, a lot of facial injury. Definitely a head injury because he was hmm. stunned. Hmm. Um, so basically his face had went into the glass. Oh. So forehead was kind of split open, nose kind of not right, uh, hmm. a lot of blood because the face bleeds a lot. So no, no helmet at all? Honestly. No helmet. And like I said, my biggest concern is the imprint that it had made in the side of that vehicle. Um, the guy, I had to, he was a big dude. I had to physically grab him because he's trying to walk and run, wander right into the, into the street, back to the bike. Mm -hmm. Got a chair to sit him down. I just see blood dripping. He did have on a hoodie. 
and he kept saying my arm hurts and I'm like can you just sit down for me somebody got gloves out of a car for me somebody had a BMW that had like a med mm-hmm. kit so I just started assessing people would already call 911 so at this point you did identify yourself as a, a technician or a medical uh, professional at all or no. no you just kind I of don't sp- even identify myself I just went to work mode and because no one else was responding right 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 okay that's um, interesting yeah so blood dripping I got his hoodie off because he kept seeing my arm hurts and I told him don't look um, it's like, don't look, because you can tell that, you know, your oh, natural no. instinct, he reached out, so oh, his uh, arm was rip, ripped up, and basically, oh. hand was almost dangling off to the wrist. Oh, oh. here we go. And yeah, yeah. The wrist is a big one, isn't it? Oh, yeah, man, so. sport bikes, man. I just told him, just don't look at it. The only time that I identified myself is I got him to sit down. I just wanted him to stay seated and stop mm-hmm. walking around because mm-hmm. he kept saying I'm okay and I was like, dude, no you're not. Your face is messed up. Well, I said some other words. I was like, your yeah. face is messed up. <laughs> so once EMS did arrive, I just gave him an assessment of the scene and what I did and I don't even know if I told him who I was because if you're speaking, they already know that you kind of know what's going on and you know, got right. to I'm the sure you're using terms that like, oh yeah, this lady knows what's what. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> And then I did a quick uh, post on one of the bike sites, like uh, of the bike, because we'll they'll do in Detroit, like biker down, yeah, such and such check for your people, right, right. And he yeah, gave yeah. me his name, his nickname that I could post it, you know, make sure that people know where he's at and that he's okay. Yeah, so, form social media kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> it can get bad. Like if you throw questions at me, because I've seen so much stuff. So, like so, so in that case. Um, if he had had a leather jacket, uh, gloves, and a helmet on, what do you think the difference would have been? A uh, difference, uh, the external would have been well protected, highly likely still would have had a broken bones, like broken mm-hmm. wrist, because uh, there's, there's multiple bones in the wrist, uh, probably right. a forearm fracture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but far as the facial injuries, he would not have had the facial injuries. Mm-hmm. The Depending on what quality of gloves and jacket, Definitely the skin wouldn't have been ripped open where mm-hmm. I could see it almost kind of like basically, basically almost all, like a partial amputation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, crazy. So, oh, yeah. my God. Dude. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going there. We're going there. <clears throat> all right. We, we were talking about signposts on the way to dirt biking, like yeah. the metal mm-hmm. steel oh, signposts yeah. that stick up. Now, mm-hmm. and we're not going to say that wearing gear will save your life. No. It may. It may not. Um, you know, because people say, um, oh, I know people who were in all the gear and they died or they sure. got messed up. Right. Yeah. It's true. We're not saying that this is the surefire way. It's about increasing the odds. It's, it helps. Well, you know, you touched on earlier, like, you know, the people that don't even make it to you, they get killed. Do you, are you, but we say you have to go do a time or whatever when they died. Do you get to get the information on those things? Sometimes if I like see whatever squad, yeah. well, EMS group that called me, called it in, if I remember who they are, yeah. or either ask like, dude, like, you know, what happened at the scene or whatnot. Yeah. Are there any interesting things? Because obviously, like, oh, wasn't wearing a helmet. It's like, oh, I get that. Any other kind of like more nuanced things you could make people aware of? Uh, alcohol and drugs right, mm. is usually number one um, proponent or either excessive speed. Uh, of the rider like, or? The rider. So you said that most of the time it's the rider's fault, not a driver of a car. Yes. If it's a, so it, it may be a solo accident. Well, 
Right. I think it's the, one of the statistics, I think it's 55 or 60% of accidents are rider error. Okay. And That's the majority of those are involve alcohol. Mm. Mm. Let's distill it down to this, because I've kind of studied this myself. And the one thing about bikes, they are high-powered machines. And to ride them, certainly around a city, whether it's Detroit, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Santa Cruz, it requires a certain amount of restraint. And if you're full of drugs and alcohol, that restraint goes by the window. And now you're sitting on an incredibly powerful machine and you're full of Dutch courage and you think you're Barry Sheen. <laughs> Conversely, car drivers do make mistakes around bikes. We see it every day. Mm-hmm. But because we're smart, because we're experienced, we can react to that mistake. Yeah, if you for it. you we're can compensate. If you factor in inexperience, alcohol, drug use, and a powerful sport bike. And the number seven. Yes. <laughs> you know, Barry Sheen. And number seven, Barry Sheen. It really is a recipe. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that. So I have a question for you. Have there been any... Um, uh, trauma patients come your way that you could say like that that had injuries that would would have been avoidable. Uh, that that like, and you're like, what what a what a waste? Why you know that somebody would like lose a limb or something could have been avoided? Is there any that you can directly say like y- everything would have been completely different? Uh, yes, uh, one I can recall. Like they still would have had broken. Like number one, like injury as far as like our extremity injuries like mm-hmm. you can't gear is not going to protect you from a broken bone it's, from an it's impact it's injury impa- yeah. basically impact it's mostly for friction um related uh but you know i, I am a proponent of helmet because i did research in traumatic brain injuries so mm-hmm. helmets um do do a lot even at high speeds or low speeds uh, a lot is facial injuries jaw injury and a head injury um, there is one accident that I can recall that I know for a fact if that person had on a helmet, they probably would be here. They have, definitely would have had broken bones, a couple of broken ribs, but probably would still have been with their family. I mean, mm. this was an assessment uh, seen right, you know, and probably going around like 40 miles per hour on like a scooter type moped on a a street, well, it's almost like a highway that's 45, 50 mile per hour speed limit and T-boned a vehicle. Oh. Um, so broken limbs, uh, head and facial injury um, to when they come in, like the swelling isn't there, but by the time I get them off the CAT scan, there's a significant amount of swelling. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm at the point where I can look at the scan, the CAT scan, before the radiologist has read it or, or look at it. And that was one of the times I looked and I started scanning. I was like, okay, a couple of skull fractures. You can survive a skull fracture. Mm-hmm. But the amount of bleeding on the brain, yeah. it's tricky because if it's a large amount and things start, it's called a midline shift. Mm-hmm. It starts mm-hmm. pushing. There's pressure that builds up, which will then push down into a, on the brainstem, which is you don't want that to happen yeah. on any level. Mm-hmm. To the point where, with the amount of bleeding that I saw, I went into the room where there was family at, and I asked, "Who's here right now? Gather your family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make the flight to the trauma center." 
Mm. Oh shit! You know, it's like the thing that's keeping us. Like I believe is gone right now. First amount of bleeding and shift on the brain. Um, and I think the only thing that's really keeping them is the pacemaker that's yeah. going. Oh, so, so like effectively brain death. Or, or there just, was there was there would have been no recovery from that. That's yeah. not even you're going to be on life support or a vegetable. That's right. no recovery they, they, whatsoever. There's no coming back from yeah. that. And oh, wouldn't have made it to a trauma center. Even I mean, the pressure is released already because there are skull fractures. But mm-hmm. there is a situation where there's nothing you can do. Even choppering the person is still going to be an hour and a half or so nothing that's crazy yeah yeah it's just a shame that like the only thing your brain does when it's injured is swell <laughs> there's like nowhere to go and yeah man that sucks so let me let me flip it now have you seen uh injuries uh, somebody who was wearing all the right gear come in with injuries that surprised you considering <coughs> She's See, i think the silence is the answer Let's see, that have surprised me with gear. I mean, like, like I said, there's certain things that are not preve- preventable. If you're on a bike and you go over a freeway overpass yeah. and you still had on your helmet, they came in, but there's still the impact, you yeah, know. Right. Um, honestly, I haven't seen any injuries that I was surprised about with people wearing gear. I've seen injuries that I, of uh, people, I'm like, wow, that's all you had? Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it could have been worse type yeah. deal. Well, how about uh, improper or poorly fitted gear? That's the the worst thing because there's no point of wearing a helmet if you don't have it strapped on properly because mm-hmm. uh, that's going to pop off on impact. Yeah. Um, or if it's too big for you. Or it's going to bobble yeah, and yeah. shift you. Um, I, I wouldn't say ill-fitting, but say, for instance, proper footwear. So this this is something that I've heard that proper footwear makes a huge difference because people lose their feet. Yes, people Wait. lose their feet. They lose their skin off their feet. Basically, it's called a degloving injury. Ooh, here we yeah. go. Or either yeah. you don't have that much cushion on your feet. So everything yeah. is friction when you go down. So with the friction, basically, that can grind all the way down to the bone. Uh. If you break something to the point where you've uh, basically involved your circulatory system or your nervous system if they can't reconnect and get a good blood flow you lose that limb because mm. some fractures or breaks yeah you end up losing the limb because of the point of it's, it's not the bone it's the right. blood supply to right. it and will it be able to heal properly you see is that like compartment syndrome is that part of it too is uh that compartment some, syndrome is, is like a, a break and there's pressure that builds up oh okay mm. But, you know, for, for for those of us who haven't had medical training, you know, in a simple way of thinking, you think, yeah, there's the skeleton and that supports everything and everything's outside. But the things that are run so, no, stop pointing to your groin, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are things that run so close to that skeletal system, the nerves, the blood flow. Hmm. And as you say, when it's done, you just can't get <coughs> it back back together again what what i can't help thinking about is yesterday when we were duct taping your boot back together <laughs> when we were dirt biking <laughs> oh yeah i did not have on dirt bike boots i had on my harley riding boots that's okay so. I just that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, we the, the zipper broke so we just duct taped them on but boots are big when we talk about that because that's what's close to the road boots protect you like say for instance i was on a ride with a group of ladies like after my first long distance ride but mm-hmm. riding back with them that 
you know, our leader, I saw the tire tread. It came so fast and she kicked her foot out and she even said if I did not have on the proper boots my foot and my ankle would have been gone like mm-hmm. broken or just right. chopped because she wow. kicked it out because one to kick it away from the group and from hitting her engine and to me it bounced back and I was like it's nothing I can do just ride over and just you know kept riding but she even made a comment if I would not have had proper boots uh-huh. on yeah. the, at the force that a tire tread comes and I don't know if you've actually seen the inside of a tire when it's treaded there's like little metal mm-hmm. oh, yeah. prongs and stuff that would have sliced her, her shin or her leg up yeah. you're riding in a group so now you have an injured person mm-hmm. that could cause a reaction of that person losing control and then other people being injured and that so. that was just a chunk of tire tread from a truck or something that yes, was in yeah. the road, right? Yep, that got kicked back. We call them gators. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. you know commercial drivers. We call them gators. You know? So how about this? Uh, helmet, jacket, gloves, pants, boots. What of those items of gear would you say people should look to improve? That maybe people think they're protected and they're not. Helmets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like honestly. So what what are you seeing as a difference? Uh, are you talking in, about like helmet? half helmet or three quarter versus full or are you talking about quality of uh, well there's quality because just from research there's knockoffs that you have to be careful with because mm-hmm. they might ha- have the proper foaming in them mm-hmm. it could be just a shell that looks really cool I've mm-hmm. looked at a lot of videos where people cut them in half but you don't have the proper foam in impact yep. um, full face I would have to say it's the best um, because it's just basic physics. If you go down and you go forward, the heaviest thing is going first, which is your head. If you look at any accident videos, a lot of people reach their hands out, and the first thing that smacks down is their head when mm-hmm. they're going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that, a high side? Is that yeah. High side? Mm-hmm. yeah, high side. So with that, you're going forward. It depends on where you're going. You typically don't hit the top. Is usually like the facial area. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a half helmet or what they call like a little beanie or skull cut, it's, <clears throat> it's no use. That's novelty. novelty. It's a brain bucket. Um, it's not even that. It's just <laughs> novelty. So does it? It doesn't actually keep the brain. It, it does. It's no oh, no protection see, from go. that. Um, no, that's what they use to scoop it up brain afterwards. Brain. Oh, yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the what's that? The three fourth whatever quarter one. Yeah. yeah. You still don't have a, a pre- you have protection like if you were probably to fall back and hit your head from the back or possibly from the side, but it gives you no facial no jaw protection. Yeah. You yeah. know and do understand you can hit your jaw. That's why boxers get concussions and knocked out oh, yeah. because of the force that goes through their jawbone into their brain concusses them. So if you go down and you hit your chin on the ground in an impact for the accident that will cause a brain injury not only break your jaw but the force has to go somewhere which is into the the, basically the skull everything every force has to transmit somewhere and facial injuries are no joke because you sustain that facial injury if a first responder comes there and say for instance you've bit your tongue in a process where there's a lot of bleeding um it might be hard to what they call intubate if they need mm, to protect yeah. your airway and bleed. So basically, yeah. you're getting what they're called like a crike, as in the the stuff you see on the movie is like, hey, give me the knife, the steak knife at the movie, you know, yeah. in a straw. But in a controlled fashion, you're getting a crike because there's no way they would be able, you would be able to protect your airway. You could be gurgling wow. blood. Your tongue could mm-hmm. be pushing back. So. You were right, Nog. Yeah, no, it's, this is super interesting stuff because there's always like. Um, you have you have trauma, but there's like uh, 
different kinds of trauma and that affects the way you treat a person you know what I mean? right like, like the swollen mouth or something a swollen tongue and you can't intubate them um uh, my question was like were there injuries specific to different kinds of riding styles like oh, yes. like a harley or something people have <laughs> oh, a lot of question. leg injuries or for a sport bike you have more like mm-hmm. hand maybe head injuries or uh most sport bike maybe. injuries don't make it so oh I don't shit <laughs> and I, <laughs> damn and i think yeah. that I don't is see them. Yeah, yeah that's more to do with this with the overall speed than yeah. the speed design of the bike but yeah. they're more likely to be wearing gear uh, no. Bike riders, no no no, no. Okay. <laughs> depends on if you're on your track on a track day yeah you see people in yeah. gear but okay. the sport bike riders are more of a what i see is like more bravado and tend not to wear a lot of gear or you'll see a guy out with a helmet and just a pads on and like a pair of shorts mm-hmm. and, the wrist takers. And, the, and wrist takers and yeah. sport bike riders you know not trying to lump them in i mean you got a bike that goes fast why not go fast right. i mean right. you have it it's fun to play with but you i think it's skill level that adds to it too everybody takes yeah. their own risks it's your life but if you're going to ride fast and max your bike out because i've watched i love sometimes the guys in detroit with some of the roads you can hear i mean you know certain times a year they're going to be out but they've also know how to hit that curve properly they're they know that freeway yeah you know they do have a helmet out some don't wear helmets yeah but they don't panic they know how to properly lean their bike you know they know their bike as opposed to someone trying to keep up with them or show out are the people that end up getting hurt so there's no helmet law in michigan as of right now yes yeah, yeah there's no helmet in there's been uh i don't think anyone's did the statistics but there's been a, a lot more deaths this year right. and i thought it was mm. because uh i was more into the motorcycle world but there's Very been a, a lot of all these uh rides and rip rp like around the state yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah like so w- Riders with cruisers tend to have lower extremity injuries at, at a higher percentage or something. Is that kind of more typical than... Uh, Honestly, I've seen... Skin loss. Lower, uh, right. Cruiser riders actually at least do wear jeans and boots, mm-hmm. proper mm-hmm. boots. They might not have helmets on, but mm-hmm. they'll have a jean jacket on. They might have their leathers on, but lower is usually uh, well protected. Yeah. If anything, with accidents that I've seen with cruiser riders is like a fall over and burn right yeah we we talked a lot about burns when we was walking down and getting lunch um and third degree burns off an exhaust on a motorcycle yeah 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 but that speed is definitely the factor that's speed is a factor and it's usually lower extremity too when Mm -hmm. it happens with a cruiser like say for instance taking care of like motorcycle versus deer mm-hmm. i don't know you get that that's it's good if you survive those because they can be really bad but yeah. depending on where the deer strikes or if you're a passenger mm-hmm. usually lower extin- extremity injuries all right so we've been telling everyone you know all the gruesome details of the kind of injuries but now i want to give something back to people okay let's tell people how do you what do you do when you come across an accident or you're riding with somebody and there's an accident um, we all think we know what to do, and we've all been in this, these cases. Um, but what is the proper thing to do? Well, there's two scenarios. Are you a solo rider out there by yourself, or are you with a group, um, or with another person? Um, if it's a group, 
Do well, you know? You're the person who comes across the yeah the, the accident. You're the person that comes across the accident. Yeah. First of all, is if you're the person coming across the accident, you see something happen. Your first reaction is to stop and run to the person. That's not proper. The first reaction is to get yourself to a safe spot mm-hmm. where you can stop. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is assess the situation. Is it safe for you even to approach that person? Like, are they in the middle of the road? If there's traffic coming, mm-hmm. did they go off a cliff? Are you able to get to them? So one, getting yourself to a proper area that's safe. Two, immediately calling 911. You might Good. not have details, but that's <coughs> And then going to assess the person because mm-hmm. calling 911 at least starts the process of uh, law enforcement in an ambulance right. getting there knowing that someone's down as opposed to wasting time and running are you okay just go ahead and get it going but also make sure you're in a safe spot if you're in a motorcycle group with other people and someone goes down get to a safe spot one a control stop out of the way mm-hmm. and then make sure it's okay to actually approach the scene Okay. All right. So now you come up onto the rider. What is the first thing you check? Uh, first thing to check is assess is is there anything bleeding? You can talk to a person if they're moaning, if they're moving a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, to see what's going on. One is scene control too. A person does not need like ten people crowded over them. Right. Uh, if you're the first on the scene, you know everyone's called nine one one, but you can dictate people to do certain roles. Like, hey, can you go? check their bike or whatnot, see if there's any type of identification. Hey, can you make sure someone called 911? Right. Uh, but the first thing is the call out to the person. Can you hear me? You know, if they have a full face, pull the visor up, you know, see if there are any facial injuries, are they gurgling blood? Right, mm. but don't um, remove the helmet. Do that, not remove the helmet. Right. And also don't start messing around with a person and moving them. Yeah. Um, because you don't know exactly what's sure. going well, on you know you know it's interesting is a lot of times because this happened a couple of times with us mm-hmm. is you come up on the person and they're like they're just coming back to consciousness and they want to move themselves because they're in an uncomfortable right. position yeah. and they're disoriented so do so you restrain like, yeah. them or what do you do uh everything needs to be in a calm smooth voice you can't have anyone that's panicked so it's really mm-hmm. the talk to them or either ask some simple things hey man what's your name or you know man whatever you know what's your name identify like hey i'm tamar you know i'm here you know you're in an accident i just want you to lay here help is on their way because a lot of people if they have a head injury that's a disorient they might not have known that they even had an accident mm, and just yep. pop up and you know you have your natural endorphins and adrenaline going might not even be feeling pain and then they go to move and that's when it hits them like ah because their you know ankle might be twisted the other way and dangling off and they go to move and that's when they feel a little pain and you can actually let them know hey man just talk to him. Your leg is messed up right now. Yeah. Please well, don't move. That's what right. we were like with Sean of the Ditch. He was mm-hmm. like face down in the rocks and he's like, I just got to flip over it. He was going to try to do it no matter what. So we just kind of gently help him do it. Anyway, I don't know. So if somebody's foot is pointed the wrong way, should you turn it back around? No, leave it alone if you don't know what you're doing. You yeah. say, holy shit, look at that. There's <laughs> <laughs> no reason if you're in an area where you know that there's going to be a response in a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. right. there's no reason for you to mess with something. The only time I would say to move a patient would be to protect their airway. Mm-hmm. And if they're about to start hurling or whatnot, but then you need turn more than one person. You want to t- turn them to the left lateral decubitus, which is turn them over to the left side. Yeah, or, or, if, they're, or if they're in immediate danger, 
you know, bikes yeah. on fire or something. Oh, like that. definitely bikes on fire, immediate danger. I mean, yeah. it's nothing you can do. Are they gonna blow up and burn, or right. are you gonna break some more bones? <laughs> right. Here comes I would, the train. I mean, just kind of you got you right. got to do what you got to do to but, drag them off. You yeah. know. But if you don't need to move them, don't drag them off. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious. You had mentioned earlier about solo. Uh, advice. I mean, I mean, is there much you can do besides have like the rescue button and that kind of stuff? Uh, solo, yes. One always keeping identification on yourself somewhere in in more than one spot. Not- like, yeah, I'm always curious about that because they're going to be cutting clothes off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where should you keep it? Because a lot of people mm-hmm. keep in their underwear, keep yeah. their stuff on their bike or their registration on their bike. So, mm-hmm. for me personally. Um, I have my information, uh, I have my wallet. I have information in uh, like Ziploc baggies in each pocket. And on my long rides, I even thought, you know, a worst case scenario with a recoverable body, body, if something bad happens, the torso is always intact. Mm -hmm. So my first uh, cross country ride, I took a Sharpie and I wrote my contact information <laughs> across my chest and my abdomen. That's like, what, did, you, did you have your blood type? That's like gangster as fuck. And then my mom awesome. thought I had a tat. Like she yeah. had, when I got to my destination in Florida, she had um, ran a bath for me because I'd been on the road. Like I did uh, the iron butt that time. Yeah. So oh, wow. uh, nice. straight through. Um, you know, you can get the wrote, girl out of Detroit, but you can never get Detroit <laughs> out of the girl. So I, and my mom was like, did you get a tattoo? I was like, no, it was emergency contact information. So do you recommend writing that on each limb? If found, please return to... Please return to Tamar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you put a whole bunch of like stamps on yourself just in case you want to put it. No, but I wrote so, it on my... So identification, that's one, right? So, and also, when a first responder or either you get somewhere like to the ER, first thing they're cutting off you're cutting off your body parts but this is a good area you don't have road rash or whatnot you open it up because usually this is not mango think right. about it yeah. yeah like your belly she's putting yeah. her belly in. belly and chest so when they get your clothes off boom your information is right there you are no longer a jane doe or a john doe do tattoos no so, I mean, if you, want so to, if you, you don't, if you don't want to sharpie yourself every morning when you get out of the shower, like where else would you? Because I keep it like I think in my keep it in your jacket, in yeah. your jacket, something yeah. in your back pocket, just simple stuff, and then something on your bike, is and hap- also have something that you're identifiable <clears throat> yeah. by too. Is is having your blood type on you uh, important, or is that something that they test when you're being medevac? That's not that's not important okay. because once you get in as a trauma, if there's anything requiring blood, yeah. it, you know we run a gambit of tests like a trauma panel and one of them is a type and screen Got but it. if you need blood immediately we're not waiting for that you get right. uh basically o negative yeah. blood right. Right. universal right. donor is sure. not going to cross react because what they're looking at is the letter in the negative or positive right okay can we do worst case scenario you come across somebody who is not breathing do you take the helmet off if you don't know what you're doing no if they are not breathing and they don't have a pulse uh, they're gone should you do chest compressions? No, not usually on a trauma, especially a penetrating trauma and some blunt trauma. If you if there's internal bleeding and you're pumping on the chest, you're just making it worse. Like CPR mm-hmm. is basically uh, basically getting blood circulation to go. If you're pumping on the chest, well, it is crunchy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Only thing you're doing is kind of making the situation worse. Yeah. If this trauma is, if there's a difference between being unconscious and dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. one, if they're not breathing, assess for a pulse. I kind of yeah. know where you're going with this, Liza, because it, 
if if any of us had on our conscience that we came across a victim and they slipped away through our negligence, that would be a very hard pill to swallow. But uh, like Tamar says, I think if somebody is not breathing, so, they're so, done. So in reality, if we had come up to Sean of the Trench and he's face down and he's he's not breathing, we feel for and there's no pulse, just kind of like. There's not much you yeah, can do because okay. flipping them over and doing CPR. Is there, his helmet off or whatever. Yeah, don't do yeah, whatever. There's a difference between trauma resuscitation and, uh, you know, or resuscitating someone like a drowning victim or someone that collapsed or, because they attack. had a heart yeah, attack right. or a stroke. Completely different mm-hmm. set of guidelines. It's a completely different set of uh, certification that you have. Like there's ATLS as far as uh, American Trauma blah 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 uh by by the american like the trauma surgeons that you do versus acls which is more of the cardiac which is heart resuscitation and stroke and things of that nature mm, yeah and, and you, you know and then for cpr to work everything's got to be intact inside because if you know if you've got major trauma you know and like i said if there's bleeding pumping their heart's not going to get that to where it needs to go pumping is just pumping it out more i mean right. don't get me wrong with cpr good cpr you are cracking ribs but doing yeah. cpr yeah. on broken ribs already is <clears throat> yeah. yeah okay so and, what about um bleeding control if you come across someone and there's heavy bleeding from somewhere control the bleeding that's uh putting pressure um if you can cut open jeans and see where you're you need to apply pressure it would be a good gape, uh open gaping wound mm-hmm. if something is squirting um if you can you know simple belt you got to do tourniquet style um mm-hmm. to put a tourniquet above the injury uh, if you don't have that, is grabbing a t-shirt or something to try to apply as much pressure as you can. They're in pain anyway, even if they're conscious, applying pressure. If you can tourniquet something, like I said, a simple belt, hell, a zip tie, whatever you got to do to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if you cut off their jeans, you can, you know, use the jeans as a tourniquet too. Yep. And the other big common one are broken like arms, legs, that kind of stuff. So you just kind of make them comfortable? I don't know. Comfortable and leave it. Um, because the thing is, even, you know, people, you don't have to put it back in place. Because even when we, it's called basically, some people might say uh, reset or whatnot, is a reduction. First of all, an open fracture, like if the bone is sticking through the skin, mm-hmm. even if it gets to the ER, that's something that I'm not messing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hitting them, making sure their tetanus is up to date get to some labs, call in the consultant, which is orthopedic service or trauma, uh, antibiotics, because that has to go back to the operating room to be cleaned out properly. Because yeah, right. you've broken the sterile environment, you know, your bone marrow is exposed, everything, mm. um, as opposed to a broken bone and just tinning a little bit, that's something pain medicine and I can reduce in a controlled setting. Right. You don't want to try to mess with that in an outside, you know, setting. This is wild. My God, this <laughs> yeah. is a conversation and a half. So I got one of, we're talking about going solo again. So Liza and I, it's funny, we have the, imagine that, similar first aid kits, which oh, yeah. is basically Advil and blood clotting yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's like basically <laughs> what we have. If you were going to try to minimize like your, like dirt biking, right? You got you got a feel for it yesterday. Well, how, what minimal few things should you have with you in a first aid kit? Okay, well, so since I ride solo by myself and anything can happen, uh, I had it on um, WR, WR, or either some people say were, were. Uh, <laughs> I say WR, <laughs> WR. Um, 
I had, uh, I don't think a lot of people knew what I <coughs> did, but I had a pretty good uh, med kit that was compressed. It had mm-hmm. one a splint. Sometimes I do try to carry rope with me. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I haven't started carrying was a mini flare or something in the glow. Mm. Um, I also, someone has me on GPS at all times. Yeah. Um, it's Life360. One of my one sisters put me up on that. And I'm actually still on it. Never turned it off from a ride. And they called some of her sisters I'd never even met before called her while she was at work and it's like check on tamar she's not moving she's in the middle of iowa because mm-hmm. they know i'm by myself but i was with the group and mm-hmm. she called from work like where are you are you okay it's like yeah i am in the middle of nowhere but i'm with a group of women so i'm good <laughs> um mm-hmm. so gps uh definitely something to stop blood uh tourniquet um simple bandaging pain reliever uh, some of the kits already come. It looks like a little pack of aluminum foil, but it's like one of those like heating blankets mm-hmm. to keep you warm. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing about blood loss or injury. You know, you want to keep the person like comfortable, uh, not getting cold. Because you never know like if the sun is going to. You don't know when help is going to get there. Right. Uh, simple band aids, uh, antiseptic, like some iodine or uh, betadine. Some of the things have pain relievers. Uh, Antihistamine because you get stung by stuff too. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I can, flew in my helmet vent. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and people always get stung by me. So uh, Benadryl. I'm not doing any product advertisement, but they have a nice little spray uh, that you can spray on the area for stings and itches. Like and it, topical, huh? Yep, topical spray, and it happens. Um, it it stops the itching, stops the stinging and burning immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have access or wrote, you know, to uh, like lidocaine, um, prescription gate lidocaine for mm-hmm. numbing. Um, but usually if you're by yourself, it's really having your identification and someone knowing where you're at at all times or at least where you're going yeah. in the time frame that you're expected to get to your destination or get back. So, there's some people that, oh, I know they're doing their own thing, but still let someone know where you're going to be. Because if something happens, you know, no one might, people might not know where to start to even just check on you. You right. might have went off and continued on an adventure, but at least you have someone checking in on you. Hey, you right. know, you're good. Where are you? Oh, I just decided to keep writing as opposed to you in a ditch somewhere and no one knows that you've been laying there in agony. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the stop bleeding stuff. And if you guys are riding together, something like a tourniquet or a splint Mm -hmm. to help out. And splint is just basically to, if something's broken, to immobilize it. Mm -hmm. So it's less painful. What was the uh, (laughs) app you were talking about that people check out? It's Life360 because that is different settings on it. That can keep a continuous uh, GPS tracker as to where you're at. my, you, you have to have a phone that doesn't go off and there's different settings to trick uh, there's another one that I've started off with was called Glimpse yeah I feel, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we use Glimpse quite a lot um, but that can you know it's a second for 5 minutes 10 minutes the, G, right. uh, the Life360 is just continuous the whole time so and you're a solo rider I'm curious what you think of things like Spot you know these trackers that if you do get in an accident some of them you can hit um, for help but also it will recognize if you've come to a sudden stop and 
haven't moved. Do you, are you familiar with these? I'm just getting familiar with it. Like Life 360, I didn't know he gave all that information because my mom was like, hey, you were going kind of fast at one point. <laughs> it's like, it was Bonneville Salt Flats. It was controlled, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, that one, if you pay for it, because mm-hmm. Life 360 is free, but there's a one you can pay for that's more premium. And mm. it does have like an accident report or a sensor or whatnot if you come from uh, do an automatic uh, deceleration. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I was just checking out the app. It looks like it has all sorts or other stuff like emergency assistance. and Yes, all looks- types of stuff where it will, I think it's one where it'll mod- automatically call 911 yeah, yeah. if you do that. But also, there's a lot of technology and stuff like depending on where your phone is at on you, on your body, I don't think it should just be on your bike, it should be on your body. Like I have a helmet that has Bluetooth GPS connected on it. Yeah. And I use it specifically with one phone and it's sometimes annoying with the mic because if I'm screaming on my rides, which sometimes I scream and cry, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it'll shut my music off by mistake, but I can also, <laughs> if uh, something happens, you can basically connect to Siri or something and call 911. Right or have pre-programmed numbers where you can just hit the side and just calling I want, or either the last person you called. It will ring uh, for you and you can, hey, I'm hurt, or either if they hear you going or moaning, they know that's not right, so. It'd be calling on you all the time, Emma. Yes, yes, they would. (laughs) Awesome, well, I wanted to thank you for all of this input and I hope it wasn't too much I know I was groaning a couple times thanks for sharing that very cool yeah, man. it was really I know. cool like first hand stuff you know I just want to reiterate this is valuable information we're not saying you've got to ride your gear we're not saying you're an idiot if you don't your choices in- I fell off a Triumph Trident doing 45 miles an hour with no gear Jim, you were the first on the scene. I know it's a beautiful. It was a beautiful bike too. What were you doing? But the point was, I was extremely lucky because it didn't hit me noggin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I you think know. slid like almost sixty feet. I think so. Um, you know, make just make wise choices, whatever you do. And another thing um, is, who wants to be in pain? Like yeah. roll rash has different degrees, like right. burns, and honestly. Me as a physician, I don't like to see people in pain. Like, right. if I didn't already hit you with 10 IV and morphine, and I'm hitting you more, and I can only get you comfortable enough to possibly lay still for a little bit for a CAT scan, that sucks. Like, even yeah. though some doctors are like, oh, you know, donor cycle, still, we're, we're looking at you like, you're in pain, your family members, you know, has to come here, or either, oh, my back hurts, and you roll you over, and it's like, your back hurts because there's cube glass all in your back, mm-hmm. because, you know, you went into a, no one wants to see anyone in pain, you right. know? Well, so I think what it boils down to is, you are a doctor, and you see these trauma, trauma patients come in, it doesn't stop you from writing, right. but... It does have an effect on your choice of gear, right? Yes, definite effect. Okay, like there you go. Complete. Like I, it would not be a good headline. Like ear doctor in accident that did research in traumatic brain injury rides with <laughs> no helmet or cheap <laughs> helmet yeah. and no gear. That's just not a good look yeah. on any yeah, level. For sure. So you know, researching gear. There's different type of gear. Like you know. 
say for instance i wear like uh it's a couple of people i, I ride a harley but i still wear gear i have uh kevlar jeans that are right lit yeah. and i have armor up under at least to protect my knees because even a beetle hurts hitting your knee especially yeah, you know if you're just cruising around the you know the neighborhood or just around the street is different far as being on the open highway and riding where you have to deal with a rock or a peg hitting you or yeah. a tire tread or possibly a bird higher or speeds in general you know flock of butterflies you know i'm just thinking of stuff <laughs> that i've hit so yeah. awesome well thank you very much yeah. for sharing that and, and as we said uh, i met you first on the the where we ride yes um, so I have a Whirwer update. Right. Hey, yeah, it's been a All while. Right. I know. So what's going on over here? It's on. It's in South Africa. South Africa. Ooh. South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. Um, Lekker. actually, Lekker. and uh, so our ambassador for South Africa is uh, Rielette Van Niekerk, mm-hmm. and um, they had a hundred people. Hundred people and a lot of foreigners came from other countries to participate in South Africa. Uh, our friend Courtney Nix, Courtney. who did the whole U.S., she's over there. Is that the biggest showing? Mm. No, Australia had a lot. That does not surprise me. But big numbers. Uh, they so I just got a report. It was uh, day three of South Africa, um, and they had yeah hundred women rode their bikes. Um, it was a heavy day. They got this, so. This is from Rialette being interviewed. We got hailed on heavily between hmm. Port Shepstone and Kolkstad, and we're covered in bruises. Ooh. Looks like we've just come out of a paintball park. Oh, oh man! Add to that, three Harley Davidsons broke down, and one rider slipped in the rain and hail. Ooh. Luckily, she was okay. Um, and you know, there's you know, they're being asked like, man. why are why are you doing this? And she said, for the fun of rioting and seeing South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're having an amazing time over Fantastic. there, and they are proving themselves. And yet you know, again, I'll say, man, you guys have had to ride through some crazy conditions all over the globe. <laughs> right? Uh, they've got um, young and old women. Um, yeah, they've got somebody like uh, nearly seventy who's riding. Right. Yeah, um, so it that's the and that's the spirit of where it's not an easy ride, but boy, they are showing the world what they can do, and it's going to keep on going. Um, and they're going to be going up and passing it on uh, to Namibia, I believe. Ooh. Okay, Ooh, rad. Yeah, is that next to Narnia? Yes. <laughs> no, Wakanda. So, and I will share something. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, South Africa, it's, it's eight days total across that. Um, here's something kind of cool, though. Bolivia was on the original route yeah, in South right. America. But they were having this civil uprest. Yeah, yeah. And we couldn't get, they closed the borders. We couldn't right. get through there. Yeah. And the yeah. women of Bolivia want to participate. Yeah, so they have a Bolivian flag <coughs> in the baton case being carried across South Africa. All right. Hell being yeah. signed by everyone. Yeah. Hell yeah. And they're going to send it back to them. And they're, the Bolivian women are going to ride after the fact. They're still going to ride around their country right. and do their part. Um, which is really cool that they're not being oh, stopped. That's just but, and talk about, you know, like part of the the motto is unites us excites us and yeah. here it is women in bolivia being represented by women in south africa who are actually women from all different countries all riding it's pretty cool, That's pretty pretty cool. but it is getting close to the end now isn't it yeah it ends next month wow, wow. um 
it's it's going to be a big deal when it gets to UAE. Yes. United Arab Emirates. It's a pretty darn big deal. And in fact, the government is making it a big deal, too. The, yeah. gov- the government? The government. government. The government is getting involved with it and using this as a platform to um, to show that, you know, they have um, they have programs to encourage. Um, how do, you, how do you say bringing women up? Right, women's empowerment. Women's empowerment. The the government has programs for women's empowerment, and they're seeing this as a great opportunity great. to use that. And so they're actually going to be uh, promoting it through that. Mm. Good. They're, they're uh, getting yeah, they're getting a lot of backing. So um, fantastic. You know what else is happening next month, don't you, Jim? I don't know what the one show. Yes, the one moto. The one moto. Um, Yet again, and we are going to do an announcement about the one show next week. Why not this week? Why not this week? Do you want to do it this week? Do it this week. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I want to do it right now. First five. First five. Okay. First five. Here's (laughs) what we're going to do this year. Last year, if you remember, <laughs> you had to come up to Misfit Mike. <laughs> Mikey three times. Mikey so, yeah, so Tamar doesn't know this. So the one show, it's a big uh, like event that you, that we go to, right? In Portland, Oregon. And you, you met Mike today. Yes. He's yes. built like an ape, right? <laughs> well, He's Vin Diesel. Mike has a, a, a saying that he does on this show a lot. So we wanted people to say that back to him, and they would get a pair of socks so people had to walk up to mike and say don't look at me when i'm inside of you oh <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my now her face <laughs> so it's a prison thing apparently it's, it's, it's a little it's a little more genteel this year yeah so what you yeah, have please. to do what you have please to do please be more gentle no we're going to be genteel darling not gentle not gentle genteel genteel not gentle at all what you have to do as you are navigating your way round the one show and um, there will be misfits on Friday Saturday <laughs> and Sunday at the show excuse me um is you must find Miss Emma, me, mm-hmm. and you must come up to me and say, "Give it the beans now." <laughs> oh, but wait, there's more. There's a there part is bean more. in this fucked up plant. There is more. There are props involved. Um, yeah. There are props involved. I would like you to actually give me a can of beans or yes. any other yes. canned food product, and depending on how many we collect. I'll donate them to the uh, local food bank when we're done. Exactly. So, yeah. So, these are Evil Knievel socks by Stance. These are my favorite socks. First five people who come up to me, Miss Emma, and say, give it the beans. Um, And and give give me some beans. And give me some beans or peas (laughs) or corn or something I can donate to the local food bank. Corn. Um, Yeah, corn. (laughs) Or carrots. I might eat the carrots. It's terribly good for your eyesight, you know. Oh, can of beans. It needs to be can of beans. Can of beans. Give her the beans, I will give you, in return, very limited edition, Evil Knievel socks, (laughs) which are so valuable. I mean, you're going to have to declare them on your W-2. What do you you get when somebody gives you spotted dick? What? Penicillin? It sounds like syphilis. Listen, like a bonus a special. If, Don't you get a spoon? If I was to make you some spotted dick and do a nice custard, 
you'd think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And you always knew you were having spotted dick for tea because your mum come out of the kitchen. She only had one stocking on because she was boiling the suet in the other one. <laughs> so we're getting a spotted dick. No, spotted dick, spotted dick is an English dessert. And it's like a, a sponge cake mm-hmm. with... Um, currants in it and raisins in it that's Mm -hmm. the spotted part very british but you serve it warm and you have it in like custard and custard you know it's not like american custard it's hot dessert styling and it's wonderful stuff Mm -hmm. and it's caused much hilarity over the years (laughs) spotted (laughs) spotted dick Mm -hmm. so um and the other thing we're going to try and do and please bear with us it's the first time any of us have been to the new venue so we don't know what's what and who's who but at some stage over the weekend we'd have we'd like to have a little bit of a misfits party and so get together yeah a little get together so um we'll figure something out and you know maybe make an announcement if they've got an intercom over there. Hopefully the, it's one of those places with good steaks. Right. Mm. <laughs> or, or a seafood tower. Steak and exactly. Legs. But um, we'll, we'll, try, um, we'll try and have a little bit of a misfit party maybe on Saturday night. Yeah, Somewhere uh, Austin from Twisted Road is going to be there, yeah. but he's not going to have a booth. That's where we always tell everyone to meet us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, but what to find out? I don't know if Phil wants me to announce this, but it's going to announce. I think Phil's coming too. Yeah, Phil's yeah, going to be there. That'll be fun. Yeah. So I mean, between it, we can have a Misfits and a Cleveland Moto Party. Well, and mm. the good, good thing Phil will be there because I won't. Yeah. Oh, you will That's be right. you'll That's be right. missed, Liza. You no. will be missed. I'll be running the shop, but you'll be doing your whoa whoa stuff. Well, I'm, I'll be running the shop while you guys are gone and leaving a yeah. few days later to go to London. Mm-hmm. Londinium, doing Euro yes. shit, doing Euro shit, Euro exactly. trash. <laughs> um, yeah, so one show, quite exciting. Portland, check it out. It's coming yeah. up in February, yeah. February seven, eight, nine, and. Yeah, it's the first time at the the new venue, which Ooh. I'm excited about. Z's going to be there. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Zed Traveller. Yeah, Oh, exactly. it'd be good seeing Zed. Exactly. Hey. Um, I think we have time for some emails. Oh, good old. Yeah. Um, Knock, you got yours ready? Yeah, I got a quick one. It's one, uh, this is a shop shout-out. Yeah. yeah, shop uh, shout-out. Dino Steve, this is from Howard Howardian. That's his email address. Uh, responding to your old request uh-huh. to, for shop shout-outs, Dino Steve in Tumwater, Washington, is an excellent place to bring any motorcycle they specialize in diagnostic <clears throat> testing for big american bikes but have an open mind towards the simplest tire work and dealer and deal parts from many different catalogs uh steve builds motorcycles that compete for speed records in the mm. bonneville salt flats so cool. this guy knows what he's doing uh yet remains a humble mechanic with positive attitude you misses would uh doubtlessly love him can't say enough nice, th- nice things uh he says cheers with wrwr it's a huge accomplishment Thank you. So, right yeah, on. that's uh, Dino Steve in Tumwater, Washington. And who Thank wrote you. the email, darling? Uh, Ian. 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 Yes. Ian. I'm going to say, you know what? Keep these emails coming. I love these shop shout-outs. Right. Yeah. You have a good mechanic, a good shop you love. Mm-hmm. Send us an email, recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com, and we will give them a free shout-out. Yeah, because if people <clears throat> are doing a good job, they deserve to do well over it. I mean, you know, the motorcycle industry is a tough industry. Yeah. Um, and it over the years it's been filled with some fairly questionable characters. Yeah. Most of mm. them have gone the by the wayside now. Um yeah. but if people are doing a really outstanding job, mm-hmm. let us know. Uh one's you know? honesty and good work should be, you know, 
presented. And, oh, uh, y'all. Uh, what do you call it? For me, it's a, it's knowledge. Knowledge, for know, sure. Knowledge. <clears throat> know, what, know what you're Should talking about. Yeah. All right, Bagel, what you got there? <clears throat> I've got an email from uh, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. And he says, uh, Patty from New Jersey here. Hey, Patty. <laughs> I loved your message last week about buying more bikes. Yes. Y'all. Yes, do it. <laughs> I have an understanding wife who allows me quite a bit of freedom in that department. Whoa. <laughs> Listening to your Good podcast you. this week, I was just hearing you read Sheila's letter about buying more motorcycles yeah. as I loaded a rebuilt salvage titled KLX 250S in the yeah. back of my truck. Nice. <laughs> After 14 years of riding, I'm <laughs> finally getting into the dirt. Good for you. Yeah. For, Hell yeah, man. For those of for those of good memory, I still have the Bandit 400 that still does not run correct. Mm. Oh, God, the carburetors from hell. Yeah, I know. Yeah, even after giving the carbs a sonic bath, um, it's a, I think it's meant buy, buying new carbs is crazy expensive, but I found a wrecked bike to use as a parts bike. $150 if I went and picked it up from the yard. Wow. Uh, the garage is filling out quickly, but I could make some more space. Yeah. Emma's blessing on all you this taints miss and don't fuck knock. <laughs> <laughs> let let knock fuck you. Oh my god. I like that. <laughs> I will fuck it's, you. It's in a Russia. Knock fuck it, you. He says it's he says it's not like it'll be a big inconvenience. Love All right, Emma, you got one? Yes. Um, I have a one entitled Exhaust Snafu, ah, yes. which oh. is from Robert Taylor. Hey, Robert. Um, Happy New Year, Misfits. It's Rob from Florida again reporting back on my exhaust situation. Um, I ended up having to put the old Cobra pipes back on so I could take a little trip. Oh, I bet you were deaf after that, Robert. <laughs> I did my first long-distance ride of the week and 450 miles up to the front. Florida Panhandle for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a lovely ride. You know what? Florida is a very pretty state. No, and the, the northier no, you get, not. the nicer it is. Mm, no. no. <laughs> All right. Yeah, about North Carolina North. Nice. <laughs> Had a blast and learned what it's like to switch the petcock to reserve at 70 miles an hour after the engine starts, but I digress. I was listening to episode 342 while riding home where you replied to my last email when Emma mentioned that the flanges on the exhaust pipe are not symmetrical well I'm pretty sure the car next to me on I-10 heard me yell motherfucker (laughs) I don't know is that good or bad (laughs) anyway um, and then you guys mentioned the gaskets and I knew I'd screwed up Um, Mm -hmm. turns out he'd actually put a new gasket on top of the old one I missed before I put the old pipes on Robert you're not the first darling you aren't going to be the last Hmm. Um, we'll come to that in a minute Um, see attached pick there is an attached pick and Mm -hmm. there are two exhaust gaskets in each Mm -hmm. exhaust port Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that the heat forged them together on my second swap attempt I didn't even try to get to mount the OEM pipes because I couldn't get the gaskets out mm. even with a good pick from the auto parts store. Oh this is one where you couldn't get the bolt yeah. to align. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> At this point mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm just done. I gave it a shot, learned some stuff but I just can't seem to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to a local shop to swap it and reject the card where they're at it. Um, it hasn't put me off working on my bike <clears throat> and I fully intend to maintain it myself. Thanks for all your help and advice anyway and safe riding. Robert, that is a great call because the point is when you look at riding, when you look at riding, all of us in the Misfits, we 
What? What are you doing, Elijah? <laughs> Nothing. Are you? Are you? I think you sat in something. What did I? <laughs> oh God! I think you had. I think you you sat on chocolate. Just I I, oh, yeah. I hope that's chocolate. <laughs> that the plate Get it together, Putin. Oh. Get it together. Now look, um, but we've got wildly different <coughs> skills of writing here, and the same is mechanicing, especially if you're doing it on your own. Everybody's different, and everybody's got a level that they're comfortable at. Yep. And if you are not comfortable at a certain level, no amount of cajoling from watching the internet or listening to Misfits is going to make you more comfortable with it. So just stop, and you're done. And then do what you can. Don't throw your hands up in the air and say, I'm not <clears> going to touch my bike ever again. Just stick with the stuff you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um this exhaust gasket thing, it's a very, very common problem because when you pull the pipes off a bike, sometimes you really got to look in there and it's like, is there a gasket in there? Yeah, and it's all so, black. So you how, can't do you, tell. how do you get them out? Well, I'm being quite serious. You get a sharp flat blade screwdriver and you hammer that shit in, but you've got to know exactly where to hammer. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you kind of hammer in between the port and the... Uh, gasket, and you kind of flip it out like a coin. Yeah, and remember that those gaskets are copper, so they're going to be softer than the mm-hmm. aluminum. So <coughs> aluminium, darling. aluminium. Thank you. So, so if you go in there and, and and you bend them a little bit, get them out. That's not a that's not a big deal. But, just, just don't bend the cylinder head. But the point is thus: Robert's doing this completely on his own. I mean, he doesn't have the benefit of the misfits. Yeah. And if you've got a sharp screwdriver and you're hammering in the exhaust gap or exhaust mm-hmm. port to your bike. You know, that might not be a comfortable situation for anyone. Yeah. You know, it'd be like me attempting to do surgery. I've always had luck with the dental picks and really just sliding around, yes. sliding around, and just, until you get an edge out. Right, but, you know, sometimes they're jammed in there, and bear in mind, he bolted those Cobras up yeah. with two in, so yeah. I guarantee they were jammed in there. Well, yeah, so, no, good on you, mate. I'm glad yeah. you're going to continue maintaining your bike. But, yeah, just stick with stuff you're comfortable with. And glad sure. you figured it out. Yeah, you know, it's it's usually something um, like that. There you go. Jim, you have some uh, yeah, quick so announcements? Yeah, well, I just got a note, uh, another email, so to speak, but it came on Instagram to my comment. But I thought it was interesting <coughs> because we talk about tools and YouTube being a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So this guy said he could not find help on YouTube with his issue. Hmm. So let's see. Oh, is uh, this the one you sent Dan me? Dan Lopez. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Uh, yeah. I know the answer so, to this. So let's see. He goes, no videos. Uh, into the mic, Jim. Into the mic. I know, but my I, my, my <laughs> yeah, vision's giving me an issue here. <laughs> we're all, getting, we're all getting so old. No, we're not. <laughs> um, there are no videos for reconnecting shaft drives or spline mating on mm-hmm, YouTube. Right. None. My universal keeps smacking the swing arm bolt, nut, whatever. It's an 86 VS700. That's the intruder, right? Right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he's got that. Universal keeps smacking the swing arm nut, whatever. Okay. So, on a normal bike... Yeah. Oh, I'm being mindful of the time here. We might have to t- visit this again next week, because this is not like a two-minute answer. But let's do it next week. Okay. We? Yeah, let's do it, because we are running out of time. And I do want to address this, because... It's an anomaly with shaft drive bikes, and it's a god. It's it's not going to cost him a penny. 
Oh, mm. which oh, is that's great. That's a teaser. Oh. Good lord! It's not going to cost him a penny, but it's a bit of lateral thinking. Sounds like we've got a top tip for next week. We have got a top tip for next mm. week, but um, I'm getting the stink eye from Liza, which means I got to stop yakking. <laughs> right. And did you have another thing, Jim? Yeah, I just want to give a shout to Santa Clara Cycle. Set up the suspension on my CRF250 <clears throat> and I uh, took it out this weekend and it was f- like almost like a different motorcycle. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, just, wait, the, just the knobs and stuff. Uh, forks and springs or what did they do? Yeah, it was always uh, just they uh, did the back, the rear spring, the rear shock and the in my weight and then a stiffer stuff in the front. Rad. And it was cheap. It was extremely affordable. Yep. And uh, yes, I, I couldn't really tell until we took it out in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And when I, well, I noticed it a few places. The whoops, obviously. I didn't get nearly as tired. My legs weren't as sore. But we were ripping up this uphill that was um, like rutted, but then had big rocks and stuff sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, fuck it. I'm just going to pin it and look up. And I did, and the bike just went up the hill. Great. Right. So, happens. I mean, that's a shop shatter in itself. And I've known of Santa Clara Cycle for a number of years. They're great people. They're, yep. They really are. They're very friendly. They get the job done. Um, I was lucky enough when we did breakfast yesterday, I went in to visit an old friend over at Hollister Motorsports oh, yeah, on the way a cool home. Place. And again, shop shout out for the dealer experience. They're great. You know, they're knowledgeable people. They really care about you. Of course, for an independent. Yeah. Seaside Superbikes is Seaside your superbike super center. Yes, that's Seaside Superbike for all your superbike needs. But the Hollister, the Hollister, they oh. threw a great party at the. Uh, yeah, they the always July throw such Corbin a good. And they, they're, they're good guys. They and really uh, are. Naki, you have one more thing you want to go out on a high note, right? Yeah, well. I, I want to do a shout out to the firefighters in Australia yeah. and oh, our would, friends out there who are listening. Uh, good luck, guys. I it's I know it's brutal. Just all the news that we're hearing about the fires in, in Australia. And it's yeah. fucking bananas. Yeah, thank you. I meant to mention that too. Yeah, yeah fucking crazy. But hope you guys. Hopefully, Stay you guys safe. are safe and uh, you know, and things will turn out a little bit more positively for you down the road. There you but, go. Like yeah. shout out to Australia. Yeah, fans, hangs tough, Australians, man. man. That looks crazy. Yeah, your your own thoughts. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah. And lastly, just a big thanks to all of our listeners and to our Patreon subscribers. Yes, our Patreon subscribers exactly. are the besties. They are. And uh, I think that's that's pretty much it. And Thank it, you, everyone, for listening. And, yeah, a happy, thanks, guys. and a happy New Year to everyone, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ride more. That's right. And thank you, Tamar, for joining us and giving us some uh, some of your insight. You're welcome in any time. Jeff, yeah. uh, Jeff right. were you worried? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct you answer. You know, uh, my prediction, Tamar, I don't think you're going to be a stranger from this point forward. Oh. I think I think <laughs> you're going to be coming out to visit us quite often. The only thing I was worried about was all the beans that you ate earlier. Oh, Tamar. Oh, you my know what? God. You didn't bring that. What the? Grow hey. up. You're special. Uh, I was up. waiting for the specialist. <laughs> Gastroenterologist, room five. Right. I picture it the white courtesy phone. <laughs> Hey, Good Lord. Lord. I, I get it together, Miller. We got to get out of here. I picture more of the nervous. No, I picture yeah. the nervous one. The nervous one. <laughs> Have you heard that one? That's a good one. There's one that's nervous. Uh, What's that nervous. one? <laughs> that might have been going up the hill or that turn <laughs> where there's just mountains. Oh my God. Or the bobcat that ran out in the road. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Wow. There was a bobcat. We saw a bobcat <laughs> yesterday on the on the trail. And then today we're nice riding kitty. around on campus. We saw the a coyote, coyote just standing on the side of the road. <laughs> nice wow. 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 Wildlife. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. <laughs> Detroit, bitch. <laughs>
<laughs> Bagel. Emma Darling. What's up? This is the doc. Me, Jim. <laughs> and her out of here. Go. <laughs> Go up. <laughs> <laughs>